Give me a moment. Alexa, play Feel Good Inc. <laughs> wow, this must be a new remix. Yeah. I've never heard this one. <laughs> Alexa, stop. <laughs> yeah, Alexa, stop, okay. please. <laughs> on the internet rolling through the shimmering hallways of glory. Welcome to Nitwick, the podcast about friends and video games. This week on our month of adventure, we take a dark turn into the Soulsborne series. Come one, come all, as we discuss, I don't know, this weird crazy thing that's had kind of an effect on the industry and made us all get good in interesting, unique, and terrible ways. Hi, my name's Drew Fasciano, and a fun fact about myself the hardest final boss I've ever faced was Virgil 3 from Delve May Cry 3. That motherfucker's crazy, and you guys already knew that, so why were you even asking? Is this only final bosses? I thought the question was just for whatever. Hardest bosses. I... Just bosses. Oh, thank it... god. I was like, this changes everything. Well, it's I... bosses Not in much. general, but I just... Virgil 3 for me. That's a good That's a good one. I like that boss. He motivates me, Adam. Oh. He motivates me. <laughs> now he's motivated. Yes. Oh, boys. Uh, hi, my name is Adam, uh, and the hardest boss that I've ever faced, um, uh, trying to think, hardest boss I've ever faced, the only one that's ever, like, physically hurt me was probably Orphan of Cost. That, that was terrible. Oh, dude. That guy was a motherfucker. Um, I, I hate that man. Yeah. That was a close, a close one for me. That was this very close to my top. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, that's also my, my worst. Hello everyone, I'm Zach. And... Hi, Zach. <laughs> it is also my worst <laughs> boss that I still haven't beaten. Um, I thought about like one or two other ones, but then I was just like, no, Orphan of Cost. I still haven't beaten Orphan of Cost. Mm. What a weird newborn old man. Mm. He's got <laughs> yes. a big umbilical cord thing on his fist, and he beats you to death with it, and it's horrible. Mm-hmm. But gentlemen, we have we have one more person here this week. Someone very oh? special. Yes. A new challenger comes, and his name is... It's, it's Matt returning from the Champion <laughs> podcast episode. And all wow. y'all... I mean, I was going to pick War for Cause 2, and I thought I was super original, and I was going to be relevant <laughs> no. to today's episode. And apparently everyone hates that mofo, so I got to pick something else now. Listen, nobody likes that crazy newborn old man swinging around his umbilical cord being mean. Like, nobody. Yeah, it's nope. not a, it's nobody not a fan thing, at all. But... Uh, I can pick another one. I can too, actually. Uh, At least, uh, even from the Soul series, I think that uh, there's an optional boss uh, uh, from Dark Souls 2. Not my favorite Dark Souls. Um, uh, what is it? The Ancient I, Dragon? I, he just sits there like a dummy, and if you're stupid and you <laughs> smack him a bunch, he's like really hard and dumb, but you can beat him. Uh, is that the one that flies around, spits out poison and shit? Oh no, no, you're talking Ancient Dragon at the very top of the tower. Yes, I, yes. Yeah. Not from the DLC, but from the regular game. I I really thought you were gonna say Smelter Demon, your favorite. I, he's not the hardest boss. He's just annoying. <laughs> and there's there's a, too many of him. I don't know why they needed to do that boss twice. <laughs> I mean, I do. They, well, we'll get we'll get assets. into all of that and more in our episode. Mm-hmm. We will. We will. Uh, I want to just say I feel super unique for being the only one who didn't choose a Souls boss. So what up, y'all? Mm-hmm. Feeling. The series has good bosses. Uh, if I had to pick a non-Souls one... Oh, jeez. Do I actually really remember many, like, hard bosses? 
boy. There definitely is, like, some NES hard bosses I could go through. Like, I remember there was this game for this NES called Cybernator. Um, Cybernator? This is badass, like, uh, oh, 2D mecha-scrolling game. And some of the bosses mm-hmm. in that game are hard as fuck. Um, wow. Okay, I'm going to switch my answer. Mm-hmm. Mega Man 2, there's the dragon robot. I hate that guy... But he's not hard. He just sits there and kind of lazily chases after you shooting fireballs. What makes him difficult is there are these little platforms that you have to jump across while you're shooting him. And they're all the same pattern. So you get in this really nice habit of, you know, pow, 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 jump, pow, 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 jump. But at the very end, they space the platforms differently. So you have to do a longer jump than normal. Oh. And it's like, this is some crap. I hate you. Hmm. Oh. That sounds like some old crap. Some old Ness crap. Mm-hmm. Like, it these does. days, you just get called bullshit on that. They'd patch it out, I think. Are you literally... <laughs> what? Uh, nothing. I just saw a Steam pop-up game yeah. on. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Wait. But Drew. Yes, Adam? Speaking of Steam, did you have a week? Because I'm uh. sure Steam's been around for more than a week. I don't know well, where I was going with that transition. I mean, it I... Keep going. It works. It works. It's going. fine. Um... <laughs> So, uh, I'm doing good this week. Um, I got sick, um, most of... I got sick throughout, like, uh, Tuesday and Thursday. I, uh, it sucks because I was actually going to go on a trip to Reno, um, for a convention. And, like, the day of, the day I was supposed to get on the flight, I woke up and I felt like walking death. And I had that, that, like, 20 minutes or so where I'm kind of, like, arguing with myself of, you know, I could make it. I, I could make it. I, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't get on a plane and go to a convention that's notorious for getting people sick mm-hmm. um, so that I can hate myself for the rest of the week. So instead, I was in bed um, working remotely and just trying to get my stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, gave me a little time to play some Hollow Nights, um, make some cookies, uh, play a little bit of this thing called Dark Souls. Um, which Dark Souls, what's out. that? Um, it's really weird obscure thing you've never heard about but um i played a little bit of that Mm -hmm. um and then saint patrick's day happened uh so i went home and i actually got healthy just in time to go home and have a bunch of corned beef and cabbage with my family and drink Mm. a bunch of other stuff and it was a good time so i'm doing pretty all right yeah sounds good good. what about uh what about yourself mr adam what's going on with you so this week uh i didn't really do too much um Played some, played some more of that Monster Hunter World, and that was good stuff. Uh, I had a... I don't know if I've told this story already, but did I tell the story how I tried to fight a Rathalos already? I think you did. Uh, wait, it was the story where you uh, you tried to kill it, and then it ran away right at the end? or like got That's right. Else? I, have, I have a follow-up to that story. Oh. <gasps> Part so, two? after failing to kill a Rathalos, I thought to myself, well, clearly the problem was I wasn't using the right weapon, so I'm going to find out what Rathalos is weak to. And Rathalos, it turns out, is super weak to dragon element. So I get myself all ready, and I build myself a brand new dragon elemental weapon. And I think, cool, this will show this stupid dragon who's boss. So I get this weapon, and then the game says, hey, but there's also the story mission. And if you complete the story, you'll get new things. And I think, I should go do that story mission instead. So I went and did that story mission and fought the this new monster who is this weird hybrid of a rat and a dog and it has no skin. Ah! It, it, it's not pleasant. I really don't like this new zone. Ah! But he completely wipes the floor with me. 
And I think, what the hell? Why am I doing so little damage? This is, like, the best weapon I can have right now. Well, it turns out this we- this monster is super resistant to dragon element. Uh, and I felt like I got played. I was like, mm. but I just I just spent all this money building this new weapon. Uh, but So long story short, that game played me real hard. I eventually beat him by building a different weapon. Um, wow. That seems to be a thing. Is that is that like a main thing in the, the Monster Hunter games? That's why I don't play Monster like... Hunter. <laughs> uh, no, it's just like... To, to, like, optimize how much damage you want to do, it's best to use a weapon that, like, it's best to play elements kind of thing. Right. Uh, and one of the things is you really won't know what element a monster uses or is weak to until you, like, fight it or research it more. And I thought, well, I don't know why this would be strong against dragon. Turns out it was. But all's well that ends well, I went and beat it, like, two or three times. And it felt great. Nice. Congratulations. Um, and it, then it sounds to get ready... a bit like a pyramid scheme, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, fight, 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 get the weapon to fight, 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 get the weapon, and so well, on and so on and so on. Really, what happened was I was doing things out of order, because right after you destroy the rat dog thing is when the story says, hey, you should build a dragon weapon and go fight a Rathalos for reals this time. Stop your random faffing about picking random missions. Because uh, I was kind of fighting something outside of my skill level at the time. It was like, mm. well... That makes sense. Hmm. Well, I'm um, glad you've, you've, you've overcome and you've succeeded and you followed your heart and your dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the only thing else I did was I played more Breath of the Wild. That's been cool. Yeah. Um, still. Man, I've got a lot of Korok seeds. Like, a lot of Oh, them. really? Okay. I, I did like, not start picking them up until later in the game. Like, like well, near the midpoint for me. I have... I've only have two sections of the map unlocked, but I'm already sitting at like 70 or 80 Korok seeds. And it's like, that's a wow. lot. <laughs> um, and oh, then crap. to get ready. That's more than I uncovered. That's more. You have uncovered more than me already. That's right. I, I, I'm not trying to find them, but they keep finding them. There's only like 300 of the damn things. There's 900. Oh, never mind. My favorite was the ones of you run past a tree and think, wait a minute. That tree has too many apples on it. I should knock them down. And then, oh, look, yahaha, it's a Korok. I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah, no, that is that is my reaction every time. And I think I've mentioned this before, but every time I lift a rock and I find a Korok, I always drop the rock on its head. Yes, I do that all the time. <laughs> it is extremely satisfying. As someone without context, you sound like sadists. Just so you know. <laughs> just... <laughs> Listen, he deserved it. Yeah. They all deserve it. They fucking earned um, it. And then the last thing I did this week to get ready for this podcast, uh, I played a little bit of that Dark Souls 3 because I'd actually never played Dark Souls 3 yet. Um, that was a pain in the ass to set up on PC. Let me tell you what. You had problems wow. with it? Huh? You had problems with it? Yeah, just the, just for, for whatever reason, uh, getting it set up was kind of a hassle. But I eventually did get it figured out and played a bit and probably talk more about that in the main section. Yep. So that's my week. Uh, Zach? Yeah, hey there. Hey there. I also had a week. It involved things. First of all, I think I'm going to bring up the, the thing that involved the three of us, is that we all went to a wedding shower. Yay. <laughs> um, we did. We looked very fancy. Yeah, we did. It was like this like fancy wedding shower, and I took a picture, and I'll probably put it up on the Facebook channel. Facebook page? Page? Yeah, page. 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 Um, and so... That was that was pretty fun. We all came together. It is also when we came together and said, "Hey, 
we might need to bring in a buddy for the Dark Souls thing, or mm. or sit down and like play this game more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was that was cool. Um, but yeah, it was very it's cool to hang out with you in person and and be fancy and drink a lot of wine and cheese at the same time. Oh, I think that's God. something we should do more often. Like, wait, Matt, we... you can't Matt, you can't have any of that cheesy wine. You were down in a different in SoCal. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Can't do it. FedEx it. <laughs> all right i'll get it we'll put it in the mail it'll get gross and disgusting and it'll be all melty and bad it you can't go bad it. it's already bad it's cheese <laughs> yeah <laughs> matt brown oh, wow anyways um i like so so fun story about that is that after the party um i went over like and i, I was talking to the people who hosted the wedding shower and they were talking about how they had like all of this extra like food so i offered to take the cheese off of them um <laughs> And I get there, and they still have a little bit of tiramisu left, but it's all dry, uh, which does not stop me from eating it. Uh, and and then he gives me the cheese, and he gives me like this one bag of like uh, goat cheese, which is pretty good. And then he gives me this other this other small bag, which has the three cheeses in it, and not like neither me nor the dude I was talking to nor his girlfriend, all three of us, none of us knew what the fuck these cheeses were. And the final bag. Moldy. It's just moldy milk that they found in the fridge. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's in my fridge now. But uh, <laughs> And the last one was a large freezer bag with a quarter of a cheese wheel of brie. Mm, that's a yeah. good find. Fancy. The thing is, okay, so then I, then I like pulled it out and I had some brie because someone's got to eat all this freaking cheese. Um, and I'm like eating it with crackers and I'm like, hmm, I don't actually like brie. <laughs> so, so that that oh, that was my, fine. That was my follow up to the wedding shower. Um, I I don't know. I just like I was eating going like. Did you play any games or did you just eat cheese all week? Um, I did. I played. I played uh, the Dark Souls three. Um, and I was telling as I was telling you guys before, I I am really early in Dark Souls three. I'm like I think in the middle of like the Undead Settlement. Um, mm. and I it took me like. It took me a reasonably large number of tries in order to beat Vort, the uh, the Vort of the Boreal Valley, um, and I just I felt embarrassed. I was like, I cannot murder this weird Frost Man. That's right, Frosty Frosty Snowman will not be beaten by you. I, I think we can all agree, like Dark Souls is a, is a humbling experience. Like that, it's, I I don't think you should feel bad for like like you beat it, right? Yeah, like, I done? did. I beat him. I, I'm Congratulations. like happy to I had to beat him. Um, so, so the last thing I want to mention about my week is, as usual, I'm going to be talking about my weekly Overwatch report because, as <laughs> da-na-na, da-na-na. the literal only person in our friend group who follows the Overwatch League, you literally say that every week. I know, but I'm the week. only one. Um, so I if you of... were a Dark Souls boss, that would be your title, Zach, the <laughs> only one that cares about the Overwatch League, keeper of the Overwatch League. Yeah, probably. Um, so. The San Francisco Shock um, has done decently these past couple of weeks. The uh, last two weeks ago, uh, we played the Dallas Fuel. And last time we played them, that they beat us 3-0. This time we played them and we beat them 3-0. And then we played against the New York Excelsior and got our asses handed to us. Um, oh. This past week, um, we played on Friday against the London Spitfire, where we lost to them 1-3. Uh, which, we played decently. London Spitfire was going to was gonna beat us it like i was watching it i was like we might be able to win but we're probably not going to 
Uh, more exciting than that is on Saturday we played the Houston Outlaws, and the Houston Outlaws are also a fairly good team. Not quite as good as the Spitfire, um, and, but we beat them 3-1. And uh, we are now at a current standing. The San Francisco Shock are currently at uh, 6-12. and 12. Well, it that's... Is... Better... You're doing it, SF. You're really doing it. Uh... Drew, tell me, when are you guys going to have a parade for SF Shock? Uh, we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. You know, it's just, All right. it, it has to be really spectacular. Actually, actually Zach, I, um, I don't know if you know anything about this, but I, I was reading a story. Did we lose a player due to like misconduct or something? I think no. that was something. Okay. We did not. So, um, that was the Dallas fuel. The Dallas fuel lost a player, um, call his name is XQC. And mm-hmm. he was, he got suspended, uh, once for telling a gay man to suck a penis. Oh. Um, and then he got um, what a class act. Yeah, and then and then he got uh, he got suspended again for uh, sort of like misconduct. He called the casters cancer, um, or is it casting mm. as cancer? And then deleted it mm. on his Twitter. And mm. he used a meme. Uh, do you know what the tryhard meme is on Twitch? I, I, I from what up. I understand, it's the idea of like, oh, you you worked really hard at this game, and that makes you like lame or something. Like, I'm that's not, a concept. Not on the... That is okay. that is a concept. The tryhard meme is this kind of funny face. Of, uh, this this guy was doing it, it's a black guy, um, and he made a funny face, and he uses it on his stream, and it's fine. But a lot of people have taken it up, and like, whenever there's like a black dude on Twitter, they'll like post the tryhard meme. Uh, um and so xqc being okay he's a little too old to not be aware of this crap but uh like he was using it and he just uses it all the time and he's like apparently either actively ignorant about it or just doesn't care it seemed like he was more just ignorant on the subject mm-hmm. uh he was posting it when a black guy was on stream and that got misconstrued um and so he got suspended again and the dallas fuel was like well he's suspended we can't scrim with him we can't play with him so they dropped him i see yeah moral of the story don't be an asshole yeah zach anything else um nothing else on the overwatch front oh wait uh there is one last uh, thing uh-huh. the the song really sorry the san francisco shock has uh added two new players architect who's a south korean player and uh oh no oh, i forgot his name and one other guy and i forget his name and i'm an asshole wow what an asshole and Moth. Here we go. Moth, who is an American player, is another support. And this week we're going to have Sinatra and Super, who are our underage players, who are now 18. So they're actually going to play. And we have a full team. We have 11 people on our roster. It's insane. Yay. Anyways, that was now, way too I, much I'm news. worried about letting uh, Sinatra play, because he doesn't play well with the team. He does it his way. Hey. <laughs> 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 well, I, on uh, on the topic of uh, esports, we have another person with us, uh, Mr. Brown. How you doing this week? Thank you for coming with us. Thank you for joining us. I'm You're doing beautiful, right. beautiful human being. It sounded to me like the future of esports is like regular sports in that there's a whole bunch of them I don't give a crap about, and they're full of buttholes doing things, making too much money. Well, that's, and that we're all going to be in a future where we all force. follow different esports. It's like the same thing when it's like, do you watch hockey? No. How about you? You watch baseball? No. <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing in common anymore. <laughs> this see, this is why we bring Matt on for this biting commentary. We need more cynical assholes on here. <laughs> podcast, clearly. 
But did you do anything, anything fun or game related this week? Yeah, actually, it's sort of an action-packed week. I uh, went to a couple Smash tournaments. Went to Disneyland um, for Patty's Day. I we didn't know what to do. We went out and we're like, look at all these things. And we're like, these things all suck. I hate this. And so <laughs> we saw a sushi place, and that ended up being a really badass place to go. Hmm. Um, for St. Patrick's Day. I you know I didn't care because it's not a real holiday anyway. So <laughs> whoa, hold on there. <laughs> If it's marketed, oh, it's got to be a real holiday. They wouldn't just market fake holidays. Definitely I mean, would not do that. I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion if I didn't get off work, then it's not actually a holiday. <laughs> I mean, it was on Saturday, so, you know, hands are tied, but... Yeah. I mean, you need yeah. something in March, so I'm not against it, but let's be let's be real. It's... <laughs> It's it's. Listen, you don't you don't talk shit about Saint Drinking's Day. Saint Drink- uh, I mean, <laughs> I drank all weekend anyway, so you know it didn't change That's very much. Nice. Anyway, so uh, other than Irish that, of us all. I've been playing a lot of Warhammer Total War, which I didn't think I'd be mm-hmm. into, uh, but I've always been a fan of the series. And my friend got me into it, and it turns out I am really into it because Total War <laughs> is a lot more fun when you can play as vampires who have flying zombie dragons. That's pretty neat. Oh right, yeah. you were. You were telling me a little bit about this. What is the name of the faction that you uh, that you play all the time that annoys your girlfriend? The Von Karsteins. <laughs> there we go. What? Oh my god, I forgot. It's it's deliciously obnoxious, so I'm I'm enjoying it thoroughly. <laughs> You're playing a bunch of uh, vampires. They're buttholes too. It's I don't great. understand. What, what they're called Von Kosteins or they're a family of vampire, I think, and they're called the Var- Von Kosteins or something. Von Karstein. Okay, why are, why are they? Why does Ashley not like you playing as them? I don't understand. Because every time you click on one of them, they say their name. So <laughs> every single time I'm playing the game, and she's just hearing it in the background. Von Kost, Isabella Von Karstein, Von Kost. <laughs> it's fucking like cacophony of of family names and it's like oh what the fuck i gotta get my gosh title okay <laughs> see that's oh, you... <laughs> most of the time if you play like a moba or something characters will have like a right away let's go or some kind of line but they've never like just sat there and screamed their names <laughs> you click on them a lot too so if oh, i like annoying things but if you don't like annoying things it gets old pretty fast i see Hey, y'all, you know what else is annoying? What's that, Adam? Getting killed by some random undead that you didn't see through that door. Welcome to Dark Souls. Whoa! Dark Souls time! Sorry, uh, Dark Souls, otherwise known as the game that got me to check my fucking corners. (laughs) That's true. Alright, so, yeah, this week the name of the game is Dark Souls. Um, We are of all varying degrees of uh, initiated in the Soul series. Uh, Part of the reason we've asked Matt to join us is because he is super initiated. Uh, Mr. Matt Brown has played... I think you've played everything, and then, like, prequels that aren't even really prequels. Like, you've played that, what was it, King's Game or something? Yeah, so I've played all five, and I've also played the precursor series, King's Field. I haven't uh, gone far back enough to play the PS1 games. I've played a bit of them, um, and they're not bad, but uh, the Ancient City, which is the one for PS2, is the best of them, so that one's, like, it felt hard going back, because they're already pretty inaccessible. Are those all King's Field games, or is is that... different name yeah yeah so there's there's actually a whole bunch of kingsfield games and some knockoff kingsfield games they're basically Mm. dark souls with first person tank controls at about a fifth of the speed so (laughs) if that sounds riveting fire it up but i imagine for most people unless you're a hardcore nerd like me like it wasn't souls nerd anyway like it was i liked it a lot but a lot of people would be bored with it because you're like oh my god it's so slow (laughs) 
I remember trying to watch you play Kingsfield, and at one point, I think you had to go take a phone call, and you hand me the controller and say, here, Adam, you play. And I remember just, like, sitting there trying to figure out where the hell to go, because and everything was so slow. It was like, something must be wrong. The, the game must be lagging. Why does he play at the half the frame rate? <laughs> and no, he... He comes back and says, what are you talking about? This is, this is like, full frame rate. I've done nothing. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, so not only is it excruciatingly slow, but you have a turn speed that's, like... If you ever play, like, an old console FPS and set the sensitivity to, like, the lowest, it's oh, still not no. slow enough. I think it takes a full four seconds to turn around to mm-hmm. do, like, a 180. What? Yeah. So you can see that this type of game, the Soul series, has kind of evolved... Since then. Yeah, people talk about accessibility and how, you know, like, the Soul series doesn't make any accessibility things. And no, it's it's significantly more accessible than its than its precursors. <laughs> for, for, and that's a good thing, because holy crap. I mean, I, I like Kingsfield, <laughs> but it's a good thing that we moved on from, you know, things got a little faster, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You, I mean, you got into these games after you played some Dark Souls, though, right? Like, this was... That's you, correct. You I had, I had, I had okay. heard of Kingsfield a little bit, but I never really, I never really played it. Because it's just, you know, whatever. There's a million games out there. Um, mm. I played through Demon Souls... Uh, shortly after it came out, um, I just saw some a video of somebody playing it, and I'm like, "Well, that's my that's my shit. Somebody get me that right now!" Um, mm-hmm. And then I played it obsessively, hundreds of hours of Demon Souls. Um, and then uh, when Dark Souls came out, I literally like it, like it arrived in the mail, and my 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 roommate brought it to me. He's like, "You got a package," and I like fell to my knees, and I'm like, "Oh my god, my life is here!" <laughs> like, was I that, that was Dark Souls that showed up. Yeah, and then and since then I played a, a crap load of these games. Um, nice, nice. Okay, excellent, excellent. Um, so you just got into it because it just looked cool. There was no other reason for it. It was just like, man, um, it looks hip. Well, yeah. I've I've always really been into um, melee focused action RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, and like there had been, there never quite been one that scratched my itch. Like there was this game um, for the PC, which is actually pretty popular now. But when it first came out, it was it was pretty obscure. It was called Mountain Blade. And it's oh. basically, uh, it's basically Dynasty Warriors, like, realistic edition. So, oh my god. Like, you can um, hit, you can hit one dude at a time, and you can, well, like, okay. you know. <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 I, as someone who's, who's also played Mountain Blade, um, yeah, that, that game is, is just a lot of, it, it's like Dynasty Warriors, but realistic, and then they have, like, a whole political system on top of it. <laughs> yeah. So, that's kind of like an open-worldy strategy, like, uh, it's almost yeah. like those old-school 2D um spaceship games where you like would trade stuff and craft stuff or like a mm-hmm. you know an x or like an elite dangerous today but you know on a medieval battlefield but it wasn't like a full-fledged story-based game in a fantasy setting with like good combat like it's pretty good i liked it's... it a lot but when demon souls came out and i saw it i'm like oh this is what i'm waiting for like this is the game i've always wanted <laughs> yeah yeah that makes that yeah. makes a lot of sense again as somebody who played mount and blade and there is zero story in that game it's like just like go take over a kingdom. Yeah, have great. Fun in your sandbox. Great, great game. Very bare bones. Which which made sense because when it first came out, it was made by two freaking people. So of what? Course really? Damn. Yeah. Holy when shit, I when I, I first bought that. it in like two thousand three, two thousand four, it was just back in the day when like if you wanted to buy Minecraft or something, because any development was so like brand new. Like you had to like send them a PayPal thing, and then like they themselves, the devs, would like send you an email <laughs> with the code. Like that's how primitive it was. But it was awesome, because back then there was nothing like it. So let me ask you this question, Matt. Uh, collectively on all of the Souls games, and this is, Je- this is Demons uh, 1, 2, 3, and then uh, 
and we'll include Bloodborne as well. How many hours do you think collectively you've put into this series? Oh, crap. Probably at least a thousand. Oh boy. Yeah, that sounds Oof. about right. <laughs> That's a lot. That's, That's a lot. And that might even be somewhat um undershoot. That might be <laughs> Yeah. That's like me thinking about like what the hours say on my character lists and then like my Steam playtime. But then there's like characters I've deleted or like hours I spent offline that clearly weren't recorded. It's it's been a lot. There's been a many, many mm. hours of playing this game. We're playing it at yeah. friends' houses, etc. Now, right. Matt, I, I, I want to I talk to these other gentlemen for a bit, but you had one character, and I forget it, and I just want you to refresh my memory. It was a Dark Souls character, and it was, like, red hair everywhere, and it had, oh, like... This oh, oh, this is... It's actually a Demon Souls character. Uh, uh, this is the one I, I first figured out just by... I, I spent way too much time in the character creator. Probably, like, 200 hours of just being in character creator. Mm-hmm. Um... And in, in all of them, but especially in Demon Souls, um, the character creator's kind of jank. So if you screw with the, the skin color settings long enough, you can make your character any skin color you want. Uh, you can make him green, make him purple, you can make him red. Uh, so I made a dude with, like, bright blue... Like, he's basically he's basically like <laughs> an inverted right. Jolly Green Giant. He had red-ass skin and blue-ass hair. And I called him Firecrush, and I gave him, like, a super grumpy, stupid face. Like, I screwed up his eyebrows so that they were, like, almost vertical. Uh-huh. And he had bright yellow eyes. Um, like, and he I, ended up being the strongest character I ever made. I wanted to make him just a dumb <laughs> melee character. I had him use what's called the DBS in, in Demon oh, Souls. Oh, the Dragon Bone Smasher? Yeah, and he ended up being... He's a beast. He's really good. He, he was the character that the first time... It's probably only my second or third playthrough, but he was the first character that I ever beat the first boss, the one you're supposed to lose to, mm-hmm. uh, like, pretty easily without without losing to him. Yeah, because in, in Demon Souls, for uh, Drew and Zach who don't know, in Demon Souls, when you go through the tutorial, there is a boss that you can fight, and it seems like an unwittable fight, but if you come back in New Game Plus or you really know what you're doing, you can beat that boss... And then promptly get killed by a different boss that you actually can't win. Yeah, you actually can't win. Like it's fun. The, the game intends for you to beat him eventually because you get little fun bonuses if you do it. But dying in Demon Souls is actually part of the story. Um, mm. So you do need to die in order to um, yeah. advance the story. Well, cool. I guess we'll we'll jump away from Matt for a second to the the rest of us and our experience with the Soul series. It's just coming down from that one. Indeed, uh, I can go. Um, okay. I have almost the opposite experience with Matt, where I <laughs> I kind of resisted Dark Souls for a really long time. Um, in part because when it comes to things that look like medieval fantasy, I have like a natural sort of like, I've played Skyrim, I like Lord of the Rings, I've, I've had my fill. Um, and I had many friends, uh, all of you, I believe, who just like throughout my days would talk a whole lot about Dark Souls. Specifically and a whole me lot and about Ian. <laughs> I have, you know, nightmares, Matt, of just like <laughs> those Matt, days. I think in the all of us hall. finally wore him down. We did it, boys. <laughs> yeah. And like you guys would talk about Blight Town and oh, it's so crazy and all this other stuff. And I was just like, oh god, I'm surrounded by this. Why would I go home and I, then indulge it? Um, I remember despite one the night... fact that I know it was good. Like I know it was good. I just, you know, we killed it for I you without you even playing it. That's how much we talked about it. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember one night I went home, and, and Drew actually was my neighbor uh, in our last year of college, and I walked over and said, hey, Drew, how's it going? Hey, have you, did you want to try Dark Souls? Like, no, Adam, I do not want to try Dark Souls. <laughs> like, oh. I, I, did, um, I did get caught with Bloodborne, though. Like, when Bloodborne came out, I, I heard it was a lot faster, a lot quicker. When someone dropped that, oh, it's about horror, I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. 
And eventually I got a PS4, which was effectively a box to play Bloodborne on. And I did and was like, oh, this shit's really great. This is fantastic. Um, Played the hell out of that. And uh, for this episode, I started playing, finally, finally started playing Dark Souls 1. I long ago decided that I would, but I just never, like I had started it and restarted it. And I'd always kind of made it to the undead burg and just been like, okay, whatever. Um, just because dying a lot is very, you know, it's not always the funnest. And the game is kind of old, and I didn't really have a PC that could run the thing properly, but now I do. Um, and I've been playing through that, really enjoying it. It lines up with everything I've heard. I recently killed a pair of gargoyles and rang a bell. Hey! So pretty neat. Hey! You did it, boy. <clears throat> you know that is. Hey, yeah. you're getting ready for the depths. Uh, I, I think I am. There's, uh, there's a couple of people. There's a crow down by firelink shrine that's really interesting mm-hmm. um i i know things are about to get real and i'm ready for them to get real and that's nice. kind of where i'm nice. at you know uh big old interest in playing the other ones but they're big time commitments so you know oh yeah all, all of these games can be big time sinks if you want them to be yeah. yeah and i like thinking about it i think one of the biggest things is like it's super appealing once once you're into it. Like, getting into Bloodborne, once I actually got into it, it was just like, I'm hooked. I want to see this to the end. But, like, cracking through one of mm. these things is, like, you gotta pay attention. You, you know that it's gonna be brutal. And, like, the ultimate theme, from what I can guess, of at least, like, every Dark Souls game is that your quest is kind of futile. So it's kind of a hard selling point. Like... Mm. Yeah, they're pretty bleak. I, <laughs> yeah. They're bleak, and I'm, I'm interested in finding out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like this... Cool. There's this curiosity, despite the fact that the game is ultimately, inevitably, about how everything you do doesn't matter. I like to think of it as a metaphor for life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Depending uh, on who well, you're I mean, talking to. I mean, okay, the, the whole, if, if mm. you want to play the game about repeatedly doing something and it never actually going anywhere... You could also play the Nier Automata, and you get exactly the same thing. I, I'm I'm mostly making the jokes. I'm mostly making the jokes, but we can. I would at least say that Dark Souls is a bleak game. It's a oh bleak yeah, experience. of that I can't argue with you at all. Like that's kind of the name of the game. Mm-hmm. But that that's well, it for except me. that it's called Dark Souls. That's it for uh, me. Okay, I guess I'll go next. Um, so I I've been a pretty big fan of the series. Uh, I'm not. I haven't had put as much time into it as like Matt and our friend Ian has have. Uh, I'd say I probably have the uh, right beneath uh, Matt on there. Um, so I've played Demon Souls. I played Dark Souls one and two and Bloodborne. Um, I actually just started Dark Souls three um, because when Dark Souls three came out, I had realized I had been playing these kind of games for pretty much two years straight, like, and that's it kind of deal. Uh, so when Dark Souls three came out, it was kind of like. I want a change of pace. I want to go play something else, and I'll just let Dark Souls 3 sit over there. Uh, but um, I, I really do like the series. Uh, I, I think what kind of drew me in first is I remember seeing... Um, I remember the first time I ever heard of Demon Souls was in a PlayStation magazine, and it was the weird, obscure Japanese game that everybody was talking about. Was like, what is this? It's like, oh, it's super difficult, and you got to go through these dungeons and all this stuff. I'm like, oh... This must be really cool if everybody in Japan's going on about this. And then I found out it's coming out over here. And like, oh, now I can play it. And I did. And I bashed my head against that thing forever. It hurt. 
Um, Got some scars. I actually... So, of all the games, um, I've actually only beaten Dark Souls 2, and I beat Bloodborne. Uh, Demon Souls, when I first, when I was playing it, I was actually playing a co-op campaign with Matt and our friend Ian. Um, and I think at some point it just became... Oh, no, I'm sorry. That de- that was Dark Souls. Demon yeah, Souls that was... That was Richter character. Uh, your, your Richter character is in Dark Souls, I think. Yeah. But when I was playing Demon Souls, I was playing with uh, our friend Ian and our other friend Nick... And uh, I remember getting... We got pretty far in Demon Souls. I think we actually beat all of, of one Archstone. Uh, but then we just kind of stopped being able to meet up reliably. Uh, and Demon Souls was... It was just turned out to be one of those things of... Boy, I really liked playing with my buddies. I just haven't gotten to play with them as much. So uh, now that the servers are offline, I can't. So yeah. that game is only offline now. But that's also kind of a good thing. For one particular mechanic, um, and then Dark Souls 1, i that's the one that me, Matt, and Ian were playing through together, um, and that one, I got hella stuck, and I actually, I, I actually haven't beaten Dark Souls 1, um, but I did beat 2, because I at that point, it was like, okay, I'm gonna stop trying to commit to playing this the, this game co-op with people, because I, then I end up just having to wait for these sessions, so I'm gonna beat Dark Souls 2 on my own, I'm gonna do it, yeah! And I did it. And then uh, Bloodborne, I also beat on my own. And I just started up three. Um, and I've liked all of them. I've loved the kind of exploration element of them. I think I think Matt's kind of right. They are a melee. There is magic and stuff. But like melee really does feel like the way to go. Um, and it's like playing a new, cool version of like a super dark fantasy thing. And I really like that one. Mm-hmm. Um I think I have a pretty good understanding of the series at this point. Uh, so I was really excited when we were talking about doing this episode. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's and that's just, basically my, many, my take on it. And uh, just, Adam, how many collective hours do you feel like you've dropped into Souls in general since we were asking? Uh, uh, nowhere near as many as Matt has. I'm not up to a thousand. I think I, I would probably say I'm in like maybe... 300 or 200 and that's what some people put into like a single game i generally don't do multiple runs of uh games unless i really like them Mm. uh ds2 did not endear itself to me to get the dlc (laughs) and uh and do another run bloodborne did (laughs) and that has more huh uh bloodborne did and i'm glad i did but uh and dark souls 3 maybe who knows i i'm liking it so far yeah i it's it's, so this it comes to me the zach let me tell you, my experience with uh, the Dark Souls series is actually really similar to Drew's. Um, I heard about the series, and I, I will be honest with you, I heard like, oh, it's this indie sort of Japanese title, it's this action RPG, it's this cool kind of dark fantasy thing, and it's also really fucking hard, and that immediately set me off. I, I just Why are you a coward? Go, yeah, no, I was just like cowardly just sit in the corner, no, I don't want to play this hard game. Um, you ain't got time. You ain't got time for this shit. Well, I mean, I didn't got time. I, you know, I had to put a thousand hours into Civilization Five instead. But <laughs> <laughs> respectable. So, um. Uh. So. So what I. So I. I. I didn't really touch it. Um. But later on, like, I kind of tried. I tried to get into it. Like, I. Mm-hmm. I bought Demon Souls, and I think I bought Dark Souls, and I know I turned on. I at, at the very least, I turned on Demon Souls until hey, I hit a I remember. Point. I remember you, me, and Ian. Me and Ian backseat gaming you Zach through the first 
one one area of Demon Souls. Yeah, I Matt, I wish you could have been there. That was an experience and a half. <laughs> Sorry, what? I I remember this. Yes, I was. How not many doing super how many high. cliffs did you fall off of? <laughs> Uh, like it wasn't twice. it wasn't cliffs it was random grunt that just happened to get a good hit in <laughs> yeah get bodied i yeah no like actually you know what genuinely was killing me in demon souls is that i kept dropping into this like courtyard and i was mobbed by like eight guys <laughs> <laughs> and i was like I, I can't get through um so yeah i was super bad at demon souls um and so, and eventually it gets to Bloodborne, and you guys are talking about it, and you played it, everybody's like, all right, we'll do this thing. Drew still hasn't played it at this point, but I pick it up, um, and I start playing through it, and I'm like, and I don't know, I think it's just, for me, Demon's Souls and Dark Souls were really slow games, and so I had trouble, like, adjusting myself for it, whereas with, with Bloodborne, I, like, my dodge roll was insanely fast, mm-hmm. and I could just do it forever, and so I just did that, um... But yeah, no, I remember, uh, uh, I, like, at the beginning with Yarnum, like, at the early part of Yarnum, I remember I had to grind the living hell out of, like, that very first area until I got really used to the controls with Per Bloodborne. Um, Can I ask, which starting weapon did you go with? I went with the axe. Ah! Yeah. I remember, <laughs> Matt, I remember you had a hell of a time with Bloodborne because I think you started the whip and the pistol, which I, were, like... I started with the cane whip and the shotgun. Which is the wor- objectively the worst combination. Because <laughs> I, I remember all Wait. three of us were, were playing it and we're having a great time. Uh, I think this is back when me uh, me and Ian were kind of going at it like neck and neck. And then we go over like, hey, Matt, how's it going over there? Like, this fucking game sucks. I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very hard time to begin with. Actually, I had the opposite experience of Zach because I was such... Because I'd played so many of their Souls games, I was trying to be slow and methodical. And I didn't understand the new mechanics yet at all, so I didn't understand that like, you could well, like when you get hit, keep hitting them so you get health back, and then yeah, and then I didn't understand not, the parrying very well. It took me a while. So, well, it took me a while to get used to it. So mm. yeah, no, and, and uh, let me just add on to that. So after I beat Bloodborne, I went back to play. Or I think it was afterwards I played Dark Souls three, and so I turned it on. Actually, Adam, you were there for me playing Dark Souls three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I start and, and Ian, this was another occasion of you and Ian backseat gaming me. Um, we were nothing but gentle. We were trying to be helpful. I swear all of the name calling was trying to be helpful. Yeah. Anyways, uh, and so I was playing through Dark Souls 3 as if I was playing through Bloodborne. And so very frequently as we were going through it, I would keep getting hit and I would hit back because <laughs> I was trying to get the fucking blood back. <laughs> Um, and it did not turn out very good. Nope. Um, I, although yeah, I, I do... The same s- thing happened with me, actually. Like, <laughs> uh, playing through Dark Souls now, I am shocked at how different the games are. Like, I always assumed that they were very similar. Um, but, like, I, like, I was just doing all the dodge rolling and dying very frequently. And then, by accident, I, like, put my shield up. And I was like, oh, wait, this is a viable option. <laughs> And yeah, has changed everything garbage. so far. Well, because like I came from a background of like I like fast games, I like Kingdom Hearts, Devil May Cry, that kind of thing. And so Bloodborne, I think, clicked a lot better and a lot quicker than I think it was mm-hmm. the few times I had picked up and started uh, Dark Souls. Because when I did, it was like very slow and very dreary, and like okay, the game's just fucking trolling me. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So. 
so I guess like a last memory, um, and I guess uh, I guess I can mention it later, but I just remember Adam and Ian fucking Batsy gaming me as I like continuously took on the like Zen master behind the fucking shrine. Um, so yeah. I beat him, in, so in the run I just started, I beat him in two hits. What? Did you get behind how, him? How, you may ask? Adam, how did you fell a Zen master with a katana in two hits? Well, my friend, I backed him off to the edge and hit him twice, and he fell off. Fantastic. Did you get the katana? <laughs> I did. <laughs> what? That's right, friends. If life is giving you... This is Adam's lesson of the day. If life's giving you problems, kick it off a ledge. I'm sure gravity will beat it. <laughs> well that's wisdom that, yeah, wisdom well, shall we uh shall we move on to our next question there drew I, I think it's time i think it's time so folks we all have some exposure to dark souls our second question of the day is what makes the soul series unique the story the gameplay the weapons the discovery the getting good what's what's part of the secret sauce y'all what's the um, secrets <laughs> i think honestly i think it's the like the level of challenge but sort of like fair challenge i suppose it's it's this mm. sort of like it's a game that wants you to sit down and think about what it's like an action rpg where they really want you to think about how does the enemy move how do i position myself how do i how do i how do i get into a position to get attacks in on on this enemy mm. um mm-hmm. it, it's really it's like the thinker's action rpg and i'm not sure there's a lot of those yeah i, I would say with the thing that there's a lot of things that make it good but the the thing that really makes it that makes it stand above the rest is its marriage of of atmosphere and game mechanics mm-hmm. um specifically yeah, that the two that. things are basically reinforce each other a lot um dark souls frequently asks you to do things asks you to think about things in terms of what was what's actually going to pay off like what's a good idea right now and what's not a good idea i think that a lot mm-hmm. of that started to fade as the series went on because it became a little more gimmicky and a little more about, about being hard but early on the game is hard in order to present a daunting, like, harsh atmosphere and not necessarily just hard for hard's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think it's telling that in an interview with uh, Miyazaki, the director of the games, uh, he was asked, like, what do, you, what do you think of the challenge of the games? And I, I think the person giving the interview expected some, like, great philosophy on difficulty in games. And he was like, you know, honestly, these games weren't meant to be challenging. Uh, he gave this interview around the time of demon souls yeah. uh and i think this was actually also an interview about dark souls but he's like you know when he makes these games they really weren't the focus isn't about challenge the challenge was there to reinforce like the story and your progression through it and i yeah, i agree with matt a lot that i think it's really one of the best things it does because the game gives you a lot of options to mitigate its own difficulty which if you think about it is something other hard games do not do um mm-hmm. if you're playing because there's been so many hard games over the years and no one really cares about them because the game being hard in and of itself is not interesting. You can make any game hard. Um, the classic one, I can think well, of is like Ninja Gaiden, which not only makes itself hard, but craps on you when you do bad. That if you mm-hmm. die enough times, it, it switches around its continue screen just to screw with you. Like, it's it's designed yeah. specifically not only to, to, to be hard, but to be annoying. Whereas mm-hmm. if you take something like Dark Souls, if you're having a hard time, you can literally call in one to three buddies to help you out. Yeah. That, that's one so thing much I, is... oh sorry mm-hmm. i i just like as i'm playing through dark souls and as i think about bloodborne like it's hard it's difficult like you say but it's not <clears throat> it's not kind of i don't even, i don't know if maybe the word petty works but like th- there's like kind of like that like almost like you know capital g gamer difficulty mindset right 
And I don't feel like Dark mm. Souls has any of that. Like, it just feels like it's... No. You know, like, the reason things are hard is because it's presenting a very bleak, disturbing situation. And that seems to be the case for just all of the series. And that just kind of seems to be a part of the theme they want to go with. And mm-hmm. I, I think that works really well. I think what's satisfying about it, too, is that most enemies tend to follow the same rules of the game that you do. You know, oh, they, don't, yeah. they don't typically have things uh. where, like, they instantly reset animations. They don't magically cheat and get different things than you do. They're not immune to different effects of the world. If an enemy falls off a cliff, they're going to die. If they run into a fire pit, they're going to get burned. Um, If you knock them around with a hard enough weapon, they too will get staggered, not just you. And I think things like that... Except they, their swords will go through the walls when they swing in a corridor. Yours will not. Yeah, so... Not not everything, but most things are designed to be No, I know. I'm just salty because I died like three times today in DS3. Because it's like, I'm going to hit you with this big-ass claymore. Clank. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, never mind. Um, but yeah, I, I think... I think that, like, for me, like, the story's pretty good. Like, I think the story's really interesting. And I love that it's, like, basically steeped in its own lore kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and I think it, it's interesting to me that this game is very... All five of these games, uh, really, but when you're talking about the Soulsborne series, all of them are very plot-light. Like, the plot for all of these games is very, like you know simple like demon souls is you're in the nexus go kill demons to stop the elder god and in dark souls one it's you uh go find go find gwyn just go go find him and they like all of them are very simple plots but then like the lore that each of the games has like the atmosphere it builds is primarily through item descriptions and it's that really cool thing that we've talked about before where the story is there if you want it to be because you, you can totally disregard it, but, like, the the challenge of these games, I, to me, like, sometimes wouldn't feel as, like, interesting if you didn't have that big lore or story around, like, the the world. Like, would Artorius feel like a cooler boss if you didn't know, like, his kind of backstory before going in? Like, and that that's, I think, also one of its big strengths yeah, there. It, it not only respects the player's intelligence, it demands it in the sense that... Mm-hmm. You're, you're plucked into the story and you're made to feel like a very small thing as a, a part of something larger that's happening in a world you don't quite understand. And it, a lot of details are deliberately left out so that you can't fully understand them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're asked not to be led along on a hero's journey, but to make your own journey and figure out your own way through it. Yeah. And, and you said something, Matt, that I think a lot of people really overlook in Dark Souls, uh, the or all these Souls games. These really do respect the player. Like... You mentioned, like, Ninja Gaiden will start fucking with the game over screen to mess with you. Uh, and, Drew, you kind of said, like, you know, like, you've got to be, like, around... There's, like, danger in every corner thing. And I think it's because, like, in the Souls games, you... Like, the game expects you to always be on. Like, you have to be on your game. and But it never, like, pulls any punches that it that's that are unfair because it's trying to be, like... It's weird to, de- it's weird to describe, but I hopefully I'm coming through. It's, like, it, it respects the player's, like, time and its ability and its demanding you like kind of stay focused on there but it doesn't pull any cheap punches i would say that i I think there is the occasional like oh shit like like you turn a corner and something really nasty happens Mm -hmm. once you get a groove for the game like like when i die i often think like yeah i was fucking around in this section of um i don't know i'm forgetting bloodborne names but like i remember there would be times where i died and it's because i just wouldn't stop fucking exploring and like just got too antsy and that was totally on me 
Yeah. And, like, More often than not, Souls, it's your fault. Kind of the thing. same thing is happening now. Like, I went down an elevator. I got surrounded by a bunch of, like, this is the land of the drakes, and there were dragons everywhere. And it's just like, <laughs> nope, fuck this. I'm out. Goodbye. I'm, I'm done. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I am clearly not supposed to be here right now, and I know that. Yeah, I it's know possible. this isn't something I'm supposed to be doing. In a lot of the games, to run right to an end area right from the very beginning. And the game expects uh, you to be smart enough to go, oh, I should not be here right now. I am not strong enough. <laughs> Which I, I think, think most is really players, cool. when they play Dark Souls 1, do have that moment of, I'm going to see what's down in the catacombs. Don't do this. Yeah, it, That area is not for you. It was the first place I went, actually, because I was like, oh. I bet it wants me to go up. I want to go down. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> that's, if I can just stop for a second, like, that's, um... You go down and there's like a big old bridge and then there are some ghosties that I cannot hurt right now and they kill me immediately. Oh, that's that's New Londo. Yep. You, so you can actually kill them, but the mechanic to do so is act, is not immediately apparent. Uh, so the way you get through that one is you need to find a, I think it's like a curse stone or something like that. And you put a temporary curse on yourself and now you can hit ghosts. Huh. You know, that, that that reminds me of another thing um, that I think the Soul series does really well is kind of that meta of, like, working together with other people. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, especially um, the way I got into it, where I was kind of dragged via friends into, no, you need to understand what we're talking about, otherwise the next two hours of your life will be very uncomfortable. Um, like, so much of the game seems to be, like, you know, working with other people and, like, getting to be a part of the community and discovering lore together. Like, I mm-hmm. I may not have played through, like, all of the Dark Souls series, but I, I follow channels on YouTube that explicitly go through some of the lore because it's just so freaking interesting to me. And, yeah. like, that's because of the community around the game. Yeah, it was definitely designed to be the kind of game... Like, you played back in the old days when you would play a game and then sit together with your friends and talk about all the different things you've discovered, and you can you know, fill in the gaps in each other's knowledge or share strategies. It was definitely designed to be a kind of game that you, even if you were playing by yourself, and it's definitely designed for one player, co-op's only designed mm-hmm. for, like, later playthroughs or if you're having a hard time. Uh, it was a game that's designed to, to have knowledge help a lot when people share each other. And it's not necessarily yeah. something designed to be where you play with no help at all, which, which is what messages message are for. System. Yeah. Like, the message system is so much fun for me. Oh, like, like, there's the useful messages, there are the troll messages, there's, like, the ones that are just, like, weird, goofy in-jokes. Uh, yeah. I've seen so much Praise the Sun everywhere. Um, you know, <laughs> just... Jolly Cooperation. Like, it's it, it's a very memeable game, if that makes any sense. Like, it's a game with tons Which is... of, like... <laughs> what? Yeah. Which is weird, because that's, like, the last thing I thought would become a meme. <laughs> like, I, like, I didn't think... You know, starting Demon Souls or Dark Souls is like, you know, this. there's going to be a lot of comedy in this group about, like, this game. I, I didn't quite see that. <laughs> there's some, okay, well, there are some bits in the series that are rather comedic, like the ragdoll physics on Dead Enemies. It's the oh, best. God, I, um, <laughs> yeah, they kept that in since right. Demon Souls, specifically because it's goofy and dumb. I think they just loved it so much. They're like, we just got to keep this in. This is too great. <laughs> Yeah. I hate that, though, because then they get caught up on you as you're running through, and then you're like, I'm trying to get away from you, but all of these corpses are just tangled <laughs> in my legs. I love it, though, because it, it gives you sort of a sense of power over something you just beat. If you beat a really hard enemy and he collapses into a ragdoll, I think mm. the first thing everyone immediately does is dance around their corpse with their feet and kick them around. <laughs> it's like, yeah! Dig it! <laughs> and it's a little bit sad when they have enemies that are like, 
too high in poly count to be uh, ragdolls and they disappear and you're like, mm. oh, I wanted to kick you around a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I always thought, at least from my experience, it would having the ragdolls there definitely gives the game a sense of levity in these like very oppressive like dark tones of the game because they like as we said the atmosphere can be pretty like kind of a downer but then you have these random moments of i'm gonna kick this guy off this building take that loser yeah the game is i think more than anything the thing that really keeps you coming back to the series is a sense of triumph that Mm -hmm. a lot of games like and this is particularly my critique of Skyrim and all the Elder Scrolls games, is you're designed from the beginning to be a hero. And it's one thing when the game tells you you're a hero and, like, powers up your character's avatar to be dumb, stupidly strong so that things mm-hmm. which look big die to a magic spell or whatever. But it's a whole other thing. When you understand mathematically and logically, like, the mechanics of the game and, like, how difficult an enemy is and to, with your own skill and ingenuity, bring it down... I think that was the first mm. moment I was hooked on the series is when yeah. uh, there's this moment, in, and we probably can get into this later, but uh, the thing that really brought me to the series with Demon's Souls is the very first time you fight um, the Tower Knight. The, the cinematic is designed to make it seem like, oh my god, I'm going to get freaking destroyed. Um, and it's designed to be actually a pretty pretty, pretty easy fight, but you don't know that your first time you do it. And so when you finally figure out how to beat it and how to take apart the fight and bring it down, that's when I first got hooked. When it was like... Mm. Nobody held my hand, nobody told me what to do. I had to figure it out and, like, scrape through it. And particularly, I think, that's the thing that really keeps the series alive. Yeah. You were describing uh, a certain interaction you had, and I think it was in Demon's Souls, but you were saying there was a bridge, and there was a dragon spewing fire, and the game just wanted you to run past the dragon. And that was, like, the moment the game just said, it's fucking on. Or the way you described it was, like, a very distinctive moment. (laughs) There's even something you can write on the ground in Demon's Souls that they kept for later series, where it says the real Demon's Souls begins here. (laughs) Someone put that on the ground, and I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) And then all of a sudden there's a dragon, and he murders. Like, you're getting ready to fight everybody on the bridge. And this is the very first time you play the game. You have no idea this is going to happen. And then the dragon comes and murders everyone on the bridge. I feel like all of the games have that moment where something happens and it's like the real game starts here and you're like but like it was so hard getting here yeah. <laughs> yeah. what do you mean it starts here they definitely like uh, to repeat themselves that's one of from strengths and one of their greatest sins is they they repeat yeah. themselves a lot yeah mm. uh so I-, I wanted to specifically talk about two game mechanics that i think are kind of core to uh, to the entire Soulsborne formula and kind of b- bounce ideas off you guys uh mm-hmm. And I think, at least in terms of gameplay mechanic thing, I think two of the like mechanics that Demon Soul, sorry, uh, that the Souls series does exceptionally well are the way it handles health and healing systems, and also the way it handles uh, the stamina meter. And I think, mm-hmm. and the reason I bring up these two is because I think both of these mechanics are so well done that really drive you to learn how to play the game better. Um, and, and it kind of funnels into that feeling that Matt was talking about of like of like being triumphant because once you've really the games seem impossible at the beginning, but once you kind of master like all of the game systems, you do feel that big like surge of like victory. And I think that the way they do health and the way they do uh, and the way they handle stamina really helps to that. Um, Absolutely. So in all in all of the games, your stamina dictates all of your actions. Like the only free action is walking. And so when you're in a fight, you have to not only manage. Okay, I can do these three attacks. But I also have to manage, okay, at the cost of these three attacks, how many dodges did I lose? Or if I do a parry right now, 
if I don't get this parry, what's going to happen kind of deal. And all of, all of the games do this. And because if you don't kind of pay attention to that stamina meter, you're just not going to, you're not getting anywhere in this game, I feel. Like, it really, and it demands that you really pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I, I think a lot of games sometimes implement stamina meters, but none of them are as strict or as unforgiving as, as the Souls ones. And they really demands that you, like, be kind of like, I forget which of you said the thinking man's action RPG. And I think it's the stamina that really makes it the thinking man's. Where it's like, you're going to go in, how do you handle this given your resources? Yeah, I would, um, Ian and I talk about this a lot. And I think what, what the game really does, intentionally or unintentionally, is sort of introduce soft fighting game mechanics into the action RPG. Because if you mm-hmm. play like a Dead May Cry, you can press the square button as much as you want. And I'm not saying it's not a hard game or an interesting game. But there's, it's one-sided. Your goal is to manage your own resources against the enemy. And you're overwhelmingly powerful as long as you don't get hit. But in, mm-hmm. in the Soul series, there's a neutral. <laughs> there's yeah. the, Every character has defense. And that defense is mitigated by your stamina as a resource. And theoretically, um, with the correct use of a roll, or a step back, or a shield, or a parry, nothing can hit you. But if you get hit enough, your resources are overwhelmed. And attacking also costs resources, stamina. So it's not just stamina itself, because lots of games, even Skyrim has stamina, but Skyrim uses it mainly to limit powerful attacks. So if you, like, hold down a button, you can do a strong one. And you only get, like, one or two, because they're really strong. But in Dark Souls, what's mitigated is is your ability to do anything at all. So, um, you know, you can do three attacks, but then you have have nothing left for a shield or a roll. It's about the, you know, all the different ways those things interact. Mm -hmm. It's, It's like... They tried for so many years to make like a fighting games that had like a single player component that were more than just one on one fights, and that's sort of what Dark Souls succeeds at as a series of one on one fights simultaneously that all have that same feeling of yeah. Hmm. I would say the Dark Souls combat uh, and the Souls combat itself, um, I think it really shines when it's one v one. The game kind of falls. This is my opinion. I think the games kind of fall to pieces a little bit when they're. Uh, multiple enemies on screen because the camera system is not the greatest and crowd control is not the best that it handles but one-on-one fights are fantastic yeah Um, it's definitely it's definitely married with the design because there are certain enemies who don't do well more than one-on-one and there are certain enemies who are really fun to fight in big groups like the game is designed around encounters which is why i would say that what's great about the game is its atmosphere married to its mechanics because a lot of people have tried to copy it and they've failed because they don't understand that it's not just about making a game that's hard with enemies that are, you know, f- fun to fight one-on-one. It's about how they interact with the environment as well and how they're interesting to fight in groups. So mm-hmm. the Soul series will have will have levels where you fight big mobs of dudes who are not that hard to dispatch individually but are tough in groups. And vice versa, like a, an enemy who is basically the same strength as you and has all the same tricks. Mm-hmm. Adam, you, you said there was a, another mechanic you wanted to talk about. Yeah, the and I, I wanted to to mention, um, and this uh, this is the healing mechanic and the health mechanic. Um, mm. And I think, and this is the other portion of the game that I think really does push you to try to be better. Um, so each of the Souls games, for what, and I still think this is kind of weird, each of the Souls games has taken on a different way of handling healing. And I... I think it's interesting in how it changes how the game plays and how it feels based on each one. Uh, for the record, I actually think blood, uh, not Bloodborne, um, Dark Souls 1's healing mechanics with its Estus Flask is probably the best one of these. 
Uh, so in Demon Souls, the way you so all of these games have miracles or some kind of magic that you can heal. So I'm gonna I'm gonna remove that for a second because those you have to go for for specific builds. These are specifically the healing that everybody gets. So in Demon Souls, what you had was farmable grasses of different types. So uh, I'm sure Matt remembers this from Demon Souls of Hey, I'm gonna run through this bridge and just hit some dudes. I'm now holding like 50 kegs of like chewing grass that I can use to heal. And you're basically a cow in Demon Souls. You chew cud. <laughs> <laughs> what is it called? It's like water... Not watercress. They're, uh, it's, uh... they're all named after um, different phases of the moon plus grass. So you got crescent moon grass and full mm-hmm. moon grass, new moon grass. It's all grass. But <laughs> what, en- what ends up happening is that... Is that um, and this is very similar to, uh, to blo- how Bloodborne did it, where there it's a farmable resource for your, for your healing... So when you're going on these long runs in games, uh, sometimes you'll run out of healing and you'll have to kind of take a break and go um, farm up different grass. And it, for the most part, it works. Um, but at least in Dark- Demon Souls, I would run into a point where it's like, well, I'm out of grass. Um, I guess I'll go farm. But also in Demon Souls, they would give you so much of the basic one that you really didn't need to. It was only the special ones you needed to. Um, in Dark Souls 1, they really changed this. And I, I think this is one of the smartest moves they did, is that when you're at a bonfire, you get your Estes flask, and it comes with a certain number of drinks that you can use. You can go wherever you want. Uh, Dark Souls is not, like, level. It's zone-based. And you can go however you you can go however you want and how far you want, as long as you have the healing to do so. So it becomes more of a, I'm here, I want to go there... Do I think I have the skill set and the like gamer like knowledge to actually get there on these five heels? Mm-hmm. Um, I ran into this problem a lot, and I'm sure all of you now that you've played like Dark Souls one a bit have hit the thing of like, man, I don't know. I think I have to turn back and get my Estus back, and that repopulates all of the enemies. And it really I, does. Sorry, I, go ahead. I, I was gonna say I have hit that. Um, one thing that I didn't expect was when I started playing Bloodborne, I think one of the biggest critiques you guys had was of the blood vial system. Because, like, blood vials don't restore, you kind of got to farm them. Mm-hmm. And I remembered that vaguely of the few times I'd played Demon in Dark Souls. But, like, now that I'm going through it again, I'm really recognizing, like, no, they had this shit locked down, like, like years ago. And it seems mm-hmm. really weird that Bloodborne swapped that out. Oh, yeah. Something that just, like, doesn't get restored. Because that's... That's one of my favorite parts right now is the fact that it's like it feels like I'm going on a run and like it's yeah. not tied to me managing potions like every other game wants me and, to do. And the thing with the Estus Flask in 1 and this was true for the uh, Dark Souls 1 and 2 and 3 is that well sorry there's way to get more charges and Dark Souls 1 I think had the best of like okay at the cost of this resource which is kind of limited you can get five more charges and and it, it's kind of what Matt said about it changes the difficulty if you want it to be. Uh, DS2 kind of fucks it up by adding life gems, which are... So you have your Estus Flask, which used to be your sole uh, way of healing. But then Dark Souls 2 has... Here's this consumable thing you can just have all of the time and heal up to full health all the time. Forever. Um, wait, huh? That's strange. It, it's weird. Uh, Matt, do you remember... Did you use the life gems much? I remember you and I chatted you, about you this a lot. You had to, because this is the other thing I don't like very much about Dark Souls 2 and 3, is that it doesn't... It starts you off immediately with limited Estus. You start with one. One Estus. And you can slowly build your way up to 10, I think, or maybe 15. I forget how much it is. Mm-hmm. But in Dark Souls, you could have two 20 if you had the right resources. 
and it required you to invest in an area. Um, so it like Dark Souls One had much better limited challenges, whereas two and three sort of made it hard for no reason, and then also easier at the same time because in two and three mm-hmm. there were healing rings and there was regen, and they had that in Demon Souls too. But they you know like they felt like they had figured it out and they screwed it up. Uh, so it was weird yeah. that they changed that. I do think that Bloodborne is the exception because I thought it was weird that like oh we get this figured out in Dark Souls why would we change it again in Bloodborne? And I think that, that it actually yeah. works in Bloodborne because vials are extremely common and you're rewarded yeah. with them for killing enemies. So you're supposed to like get the idea mm-hmm. like that's the aggressive part of the game kill enemies get vials. But mm-hmm. the reason that's weird that you can run out of them like I was like why would they do that? Why wouldn't they just give you always give you twenty to start with and you can get more later? And I think the reason is if you're constantly losing blood vials, it's the way's subtle way of telling you you're not good enough to do this area yet, go back. Mm. Right? Because a lot of the times where you get blood vials are good places for farming. Um, yeah. And so what I found was like, ah, this sucks, I'm running out of blood vials, like, I want to beat this, but then I realized like, well, no, I can't beat this because I'm not strong enough. So when you went back to go get blood vials, the game is telling you to mess around for other areas first before you move on so you can get stronger. Mm. That, that's a good point. That's something I really, at least something I didn't consider because I was so used to the almost like arcade style thing of like i want to go fight this boss i'm just going to keep throwing myself against it and dark souls one lets you do that where it says if you can get through this get from the bonfire to the boss you'll have all of your healing and i remember it was just always something kind of annoyed me in uh two and uh two and bloodborne where it was like man i gotta turn around and get more things not because i don't have like that i don't have enough it's just that you know I like the in Bloodborne. If you don't have twenty to fully restock, you you know, yeah, leave and go back. And it's like, no, I want to keep going. Just just give me a renewable version. Right. For me, it just it was a weird point in the game where I had to farm, which did kind of take me out of the game for a little bit when I was doing it. Like I like we have the jokes where there's like the places you go to just like you know get the blood vials you need. And You're gonna have some it, fun it, with some some. Very, very intelligent people. Yes, very, yes, some, some scholars. Very learned, some, some scholars. Very, some very learned scholars are gonna gonna give us some blood vials. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I do think I, you are right, though, Matt. Like the, it did feel like having that scarcity was a good subtle way of saying like, hey, no, like you keep getting really, really, really ruined out here. Like mm-hmm. maybe reel it back in. Maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah. Maybe they're just trying to like mix up the formula. It's a, it's a very From subtle I... gameplay mechanic. It's like a subtle correction system because mm. it's a self-correction system because if you're not having difficulty, if you're for some reason a god at the game and you go into an area under level then you still make it through, the game doesn't punish you, it rewards you. But if you're having trouble going back and being forced to get more blood vials... Um, gives you a That's, chance to level up. Yeah. It also kind of lets you... Without holding your hand and me. telling you, like, you suck. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing about these games that I think is really interesting is, like, they seem to be very well thought out. Like, even the way the worlds are put together is, like, something that someone, like, painstakingly decided to, like, glue and design and map out. And, like, all the mechanics. Like, I, I don't think I've really played a game where it seems like so much stuff is there but it's there very subtly like games mm-hmm. don't tend to be as subtle as i'm finding with the ones that i've played in this series so far i don't know maybe that's just me i don't know it's my thought no, no i definitely I, agree. I think i think that's fair i think part of it uh you know is definitely because the game knows that it has its message system so it can be kind of subtle and be like well you know if you look around somebody might have left a message or something or you can come back and do it yeah kind of deal so adam did you have more to say i'm uh, sorry no i, I, I over you no, I was basically going to say kind of what you were saying of how there's just there's just so many small things that this game does well that like other games have tried to copy 
but they just they never seem to get all of the little bits and it's just astonishing to me like everything seems to have to be there for it to work like mm-hmm. i don't know they're just like man they're so well made i i think like people want to look at them and be like let me just extract the shortcut that makes this thing good and it's like no like it's it comes from high quality ingredients all over no but here's (laughs) it's it's like people want to extract the mechanic that makes dark souls really good but the problem is is that one mechanic does not make a dark souls like Mm. yeah as as been made clear by the rest of you guys basically saying this is like every every part of dark souls interlocks with the other parts of dark souls and so Mm -hmm. like just extracting just one thing from it um it doesn't help you make a better game and if you take the entire formula but you change up one aspect of it which is what a lot of these games do a lot of these sort of copier games do it makes for like a game that's disjointed in a certain way because again all of those mechanics were all interlocking with each other Mm -hmm. yeah you know i if if i may this kind of leads into our next question um, where game games trying to sort of like take Dark Souls and make it their own. Um, the phenomena of calling the latest, hottest, most difficult thing the Dark Souls of insert genre here, it's been around for years, and I personally find it to be a bit annoying. I want to know what you thought, your guys' thoughts were. Oh, okay. Dumb, dumb, annoying. We're, we're it is, oh, I, I could, I'll go last, because I have a whole rant I can do on this. So, thing. like, <laughs> okay. Adam so knows. I, I think it's dumb, but I also think it's really funny. Like, if I'll just, like, say, it's the Dark Souls of shopping. And I'm like, I don't know about that, bucko. It, it's, it shows, like, a fundamental misunderstanding about how what Dark Souls is. It's, like, it, a lot of people do it as a sort of like stand-in for the hard mode um Mm -hmm. and i I don't think that's entirely accurate Hmm. i don't either i think it's i think it's something that's easily recognizable because for for as weird and a little annoying as i think the phenomenon is like the marketing department did like brand dark souls with the prepare to die campaign like it it was something that they kind of leaned into pretty hard for the second game in the series. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And I think were... it worked. I think it totally worked. Like, people know what Dark Souls is today. It's not obscure like it was many years ago. The PC port as well is literally called Prepare to Die Edition. Oh. Yeah. It's... yeah. So I guess I'll go, and I'm probably going to echo at least some of what Matt's probably going to say, because... Uh... Yeah, me and Matt have chatted about this. Strong opinions incoming! (laughs) (laughs) Um, I personally find it super annoying. Uh, I think, to say nothing of like... So Cuphead recently came out, maybe like less than a year ago. When Cuphead Uh. came out, instead of saying, hey, Cuphead's cool, it became the Dark Souls of Shmups. And I damn near like jumped out a window. (laughs) Um, Because... When anybody says it's the Dark Souls of this, what they're basically coming down to is that all people seem to have, or mass people have seemed to have latched onto, is that the games are hard. And that's just, like, one aspect of a thing. Uh, I think it's, this may be me being oversensitive about this, but it's, like, it's very derivative of, like, just saying, labeling something like, oh, this is the Dark Souls of this. Like, and that's all it is. It's like, eh, no, not really. Um, I think the Dark, like, to kind of branch off on, on the Dark Souls of like x thing is that whole get good mentality thing Mm. uh and i think they kind of go hand in hand where it's like as soon as something gets branded the dark souls of some of like its genre like you can't really talk with people about it becomes because it feels like talking with people about it becomes almost this like elitist thing of 
oh, I beat all of the Souls games solo, only melee. And it's like, well, I, I co-opted or I did magic. Oh, you didn't have the true Souls experience kind of thing. It's like, man, shut the fuck up. Um, I also find it kind of driving people out of the game series. Uh, and I'm the kind of person that if I like a series or something, I want more people to play it. But I, I find reducing Dark Souls only to its, hey, it's difficult thing. And oh boy, how difficult it is. Uh, just kind of out like, it pushes past what the rest of what makes the series cool. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. There, I, there's I other think, stuff on there. I think it, it definitely, it becomes the talking point. It becomes the center point of like, oh, Dark Souls is Dark Souls because it's hard. And then, like you said, in the case of Cuphead, the conversation isn't, oh my God, like this was made by a couple guys over the course of a few years doing painstaking hand-drawn animation. Isn't it cool? It's, oh, look, it's really hard. It like yeah. shifts the and conversation like, over to just difficulty and that kind of like it limits, it, 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 it makes it less interesting if you're just saying yeah. like, oh, this is just a hard game. I guess that, that's where my point comes down to is whenever you say this is the Dark Souls of a thing, uh, mm -hmm. one, you, you just label it that as a difficult game. Well, Unfortunately, Dark Souls didn't make difficult games. They are difficult, but they are not like that's not all they are. And, they, um, and and we've talked about it. Like, there's ways of making the game easy for yourself in Dark Souls. Yeah, and that's where I'm coming with where this kind of mentality and the get good mentality because it definitely, at least for me, the get good mentality definitely did become prevalent with when Dark Souls and Demon Souls came out. Of mm -hmm. it's like there are ways to make this game easier if you like the challenge. Fine, but not everybody has to have excruciating challenge. And I think the, the Dark Souls of mentality has actually hurt Dark Souls. Like, Dark mm -hmm. Souls 2 is, like, at times difficult to the point of, why is this a thing other than to make this difficult mm -hmm. kind of deal? Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll hand it off to Matt, because I'm probably going to step over more of what he was saying. Here we, <laughs> here we go. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm strapped no, I'll, in, boys. I'll, I'll get, get ready for Matt's five point thesis. Um, I actually, I mean, I, as a, as a meme, the Dark Souls of or get good thing, I actually think it's pretty funny. I've laughed at it a lot, but I think oh no, that, don't get me wrong, I have too. Yeah, it's 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 legitimately funny, but the problem is, I think the mentality behind it is grotesque, and it's infected the series to the point where like that's what people expect from it now. It's almost mm -hmm. like, and I hate to make this comparison because this is also a meme heavy thing. But it sort of reminds me of, like, what's happened to, like, Rick and Morty, where it used wow. to just be a cartoon show people watched and thought was funny and had some interesting things to say about life here and there. Um, and now is, like, you know, it's it's practically a meme of itself that it's, like, a pretentious show for, like, for loner nerds or something. And, like, that's not what it was supposed to be or is. And Dark Souls is exactly the same way in that what makes it interesting, like we were saying a million times over, is is the conjunction of all the mechanics. The game itself is difficult in service to its story. And in fact, the game will frequently undermine its own difficulty at times to make a point. Like in Dark mm -hmm. Souls when you're fighting Seif, and he literally at some point becomes so weak that he cannot fight you anymore. He's incapable right. of harming you, pretty much. Uh, there's, a, there's, there's a moment in Demon's Souls where when you finally reach the final boss, that's, I guess, I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil it for you guys since you haven't finished it, but you expect him to be extremely difficult because you just fought a boss who was very difficult, and he's a complete pushover to the point where it's actually an embarrassment. When you figure out mm -hmm. who the final boss is, he's just like a disgusting blob who's horrible and depressed and suicidal and can't really fight back. And, and, and that's because the game is, 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 is about its atmosphere and about its message. That's part of what it's about. And it's not that it's hard. 
In fact, in many times, it's it's not even as difficult games go. You can play way more difficult games. Yeah, and it's right. difficult in order to smash into you the mentality of its of its world, which is mm. that you are not special in this world. This is not Skyrim. You are not the Dragonborn. You are some right. dude who can become great by murdering <laughs> and eating the souls of other creatures. <laughs> Are you saying you're not necessarily a good guy? No, and that's that the point, is that, like, that humans are weak and they have to band together, and in order to beat demons, you have to become sort of a demon yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the, the twin stories of, of the first Dark Souls, is that there's two endings to it, right? There's the ending where you link the fire, and there's the ending where you allow darkness to roll over. And it's a little bit unclear at first until the DLC came out, like, the, the dark was, like, terrible, like, it's worse than hell. It's like, creatures are dark are utterly mindless and, and exist just to devour each other, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the question is, like, at the end of the game, when you finally become strong enough to link the fire, is like, well, you're basically a demon. Should you just make a demon world? Like, <laughs> Is that more appropriate to the character that you've become? And this is the kind of thing that the, this, the series is, like, really good at. And I, it's one of the reasons why Bloodborne is my favorite, is because it's a world that every single ending is terrible. Because... Oh, yeah. Hey now, that <laughs> last ending of the umbilical cord stuff, that ain't so bad. I mean, uh, yeah, you, you, know, you get to become a slug. It's awesome. <laughs> and, and the point of it is that you're a part of a larger story. And it's brutal because the world is brutal. Um, but yeah. what, what started to happen is that a lot of people didn't understand Dark Souls. And I'm, I'm sorry to be a pretentious dick, but this is true when it came out. They didn't get it. So they started playing it, and people were telling them this game is so good, it's amazing. And they don't understand it because they didn't read any of the shit, they didn't really care. And so they think, oh, it must be good because it's hard, right? So, like, mm-hmm. if you're good enough to beat it, then you're, like, a real gamer or some crap. Which, yeah. again, according to the designer himself, is not the point. If you're having a this hard is... time, summon a friend. <laughs> it's yeah, not supposed to be my... something you bash your head against the wallet. But it became so mm-hmm. ingrained to the series' success that it infected the rest of the series, starting with Dark Souls itself. Um, they made the game deliberately more difficult than Demon's Souls. And it, it, it at times harms the series. And then it gets worse and worse to the point where Dark Souls 2 is frequently an embarrassment. Like, where there's just yeah. shit in it that's like, this is dumb. And, and, and unfun. And, and it doesn't even really fit into the story. It's just designed to kick you in the teeth. And that's not, like, I can do that myself! Like, you can put, you can make any game hard! Like, <laughs> like fire up an emulator, p- pick an easy game, like Zelda Wind Waker or something, and give yourself one heart for the whole game, and put the game on two times speed, and I guarantee you... That's now a hard mm-hmm. game. <laughs> now, Matt, I have, I have a question for you. Because, like, as you know, I've played Bloodborne. I've played Dark Souls. Like, you're saying, did this idea that, like, the game is just becoming harder for the sake of being hard. I, I heard they eased up on it for the third installments. Uh, can you speak to that at all? Is Did they kind of push away from that? Because the designer seems to be, from what I've heard, he seems to be actively trying to leave that stigma well, now. I, I think that when, when they, because I think it, he became, like, I don't think he became pressured, but, like, when the series became that, he's like, well, if I have to make it like this, and this is definitely true in Bloodborne, he's like, at least, if I'm gonna make a hard game, I'll make a hard game, which I think is what Bloodborne is, and he's like, what I'll do is I'll redesign the mechanics so that they work with a hard game. So you fight a boss, and in his third phase, he becomes way freaking harder, and it's way more intense, and that's what, that's what I love about Bloodborne, is that is that it figures out a way, after Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 2 is still a great game, but it, it failed on that front, it's that it's hard for no reason, so he's like, if we're yeah. going to make a game hard for no reason, let's give you these badass tools to deal with it, and let's make it really, really tense. That's one of the things you can get from Bloodborne fights you can't get from any other fight in the series, is really feeling like you only got by on the skin of your teeth, and it took yeah. everything oh, yeah. you had. Mm-hmm. 
they're, like they're, they're clearly designed that way. They're balanced so that you beat a boss with no blood vials left, with no bullets left, with <laughs> <Yeah>. nothing. <laughs> yeah, I... you're hanging over the body with blood all over your your character. Yeah, like, they really fuck. wanted it to feel like yeah. a desperate fight for survival. So I think that's what the series has always been strongest at is marrying its mechanics to its world. And that's one of the reasons I don't think Dark Souls 2 is, is all that great. And 3 suffers from the same problem, even though parts of it were designed by Miyazaki, in that it has, like, Bloodborne bosses in it. And it's like, I can't get my health back. That doesn't work in yeah. this game. <laughs> that's, right. the, that's the thing that gets me about this. Is that, uh, So one thing to remember about Dark Souls 2 is that Dark Souls 2 was not made by Miyazaki. It's what has kind of been coined as the B-team. And that, is a, that was kind of a backup team at FromSoft that made it. Um and Dark Souls 2 really is the example I think of when, you know, as Matt and I have said, when the kind of Dark Souls of or get good mentality kind of even started hurting the series itself. Because Dark Souls 2 just has shit in it that's like, why, how is this a fun fight? How is this smart? Well, and, and more than that is that it's not, it's not interesting. Like, oh, dude, there's so Dark many Souls bosses 2... that are utterly throwaway, even though they're difficult, because they're just not married to anything in the world. Mm hmm. Dark Souls 2 has some neat ideas, uh, but none of it really gels together. Uh, this is actually a complaint of mine over, that I was thinking of over when I was starting DS3. Uh, Dark, the Dark Souls series, like 1, 2, and 3, don't really share many common elements between the two. And that, at least to me, like I think that's kind of annoying sometimes. But like at least self-contained, they all make sense within their world. Uh, 2 sometimes just threw shit at you for no reason other than, what if this was difficult to fight? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Did you die yet? I think there's we, a. Yeah. Here's the fucking worst. If you've ever wanted to be thrown out of a game immersion, go to go to Majula in Dark Souls Two and just let yourself be enveloped in the atmosphere that this is the last bastion for humans here. That there's very little here. It has this really great music and it is by far one of actually my favorite of the hub worlds. Go around to the back of the tower and read the player world death count on there. And if you've wanted to just be immediately stripped from your atmosphere. Wait, what? Yeah, there's, there's literally... Fucking... It keeps track of all player deaths. In Dark Souls 2, there's an in-game item you can look at. like Or an in-game tower that like you can literally read. It's like, this many people have died. Does it, and does like, it break it down per area? Or is it just like literally it's just the they, amount of deaths? They do online. Happens? But there's, wow. there's a global death counter in, in Dark Souls 2. Yeah. Wow. And that's... To kind of sum up me and Matt's point, it's just like, boy, that's you've picked like the one portion of the game that actually isn't the part that's unique to this series. Yeah, I don't even. And that's why I got glorified. It, Dark Souls isn't meant to be hard, and it doesn't even actually have that great of a combat system. It's designed to be fairly simple. It's just the Can it's the a... enmeshment of all the elements together that makes it good. It's the atmosphere. Can I be an uh, an asshole for a second? Um, I know I said I enjoy the lore, and I feel like Matt will be the only one that can really. Give me a good idea on this one. The plot for Dar any of these Dark Souls isn't even that original either. Like, the lore and shit. Um, I'll tell you one thing about DS3 that actually turned me off for the longest time. Was when I found out that how much of DS3 and how much of Dark Souls is just, like, plucked out of Berserk kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that's an unfortunate thing about reading Berserk and Japanese culture in general. Is you're like, mm -hmm. oh, everybody reads Berserk. It's mostly just Berserk. It's kind of like when you yeah. realize that every JRPG <laughs> is just literally about killing God. It's like, like if you try to find JRPG that's not about killing God, you won't find one. Yeah. But, like, what I, what I was getting at with this is that, like, once you... If you've read Berserk, and uh, Matt and I have, I think I think it's one... It's a series you really like. It's one of my favorite series. Yeah, I... Uh, you... I it's one of my favorites, but I do have, like... 
you know, with like major asterisks next to it because it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I did is one uh, of my favorites. So I agree. But you just kind of realize how much of all of these games comes from uh, Miyazaki being a fan of Mira's story. And it's like, look, it's the great sword. You mean the dragon slayer? I'm like, look, it's a cracked red orb. You mean a bail it? So even the even like the story's not the most original thing around. But again, it's because it meshes with the gameplay that it works. Like, like uh, the combat on its own, pretty good. Not the greatest, but pretty good. The story on its own, not the most original, but pretty good. Together. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that... Oh. I think the writing in the games is actually pretty good. Like, I, like just the characters and, like, the way they interact, it, it does all fit together and it feels... It feels mm-hmm. very unique, and it feels like there's a lot of weight to everything, and I don't often get that in games. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like again, this isn't like a, a huge knock on it, but at least for me, it was like, boy, this doesn't feel as original or unique now that I know like he pulled from this source material, and I've read this source material, and it's like, wow, that's these are one to one. But you're right, the st- the writing is pretty good. And I think another thing is that the the delivery of their story, in particular, I remember especially earlier on when they were talking about Dark Souls, is the the like environmental storytelling, the sort of like being able to look upon the scenery itself and have that tell you a story, um, sort of clear as day, and like uh, and like being curious about these like weird items that you're picking up. That sort of like the game sort of like entices you to to, to read deeper into itself. I think that's something it mm-hmm. does really well on its own, just in terms of story. Yeah, and then it it, it does, it does. If I may, I, I think at this point we've moved off of the Dark Souls of question. I think we're effectively just talking about uh, memories we have of the Soul series. And I, I guess for me to kind of echo what Zach is saying, like, uh, oh, sorry, Adam, you wanted to say something. Oh, I was going to say it sounded like Matt had one more point to kind of. Okay, bring up. sorry, sorry, sorry. Go for it. Yeah, just just real fast because I know we've been going about this stuff forever. Um, I would just say. Uh, part of the reason, if everything feels like it has so much weight in Dark Souls, even though the story is, it itself is over, is pretty simple, but every individual element of it is is married to an aspect of the world. So when you um, uh, when you can like you know when you fight like for instance like the Great Wolf Seif, and you get the ring from him that has Artorius in it, like everything in the game when, that you encounter is something you understand because you've encountered it with the mechanics. So like. How do I put this, like, in a simple way? Like, when you see something in the world, like, maybe you see a, a dead body or something, and it's an enemy that you've fought before, you now know, like, it's place in the world, and you're wondering, like, why it's here, and because it's dead now, because you fought that thing before, you know how difficult it was. So if you go and you find a bunch of dead black knights in Dark Souls, and you know that they were part of mm. part of uh, Gwyn's army, um, you suddenly realize, like, oh, like, this is, like, where he tried to strike out into his own thing, and they didn't make it, because that's how tough this area is. Just little things like that. Everything is is married to something else in the game that you didn't even know, but just based on your own exploration, you've come to understand just from playing the game without a single word of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what makes it so strong. Yeah. True facts. Well, now let's move on to memories. <laughs> Let us move on to memories now. Um, I guess uh, I just wanted to say that, uh, at least for me, like a lot of what I really enjoyed about Bloodborne was sort of the stuff that was unexplained in that sense of like, dread but also like i'm inferring what's going on like i think a lot of what worked for me for bloodborne and what's kind of working for me in dark souls is everything feels very almost dreamlike and i'm i'm not really sure what's happening but i know that i can figure it out and i can infer a lot of stuff like i can see a guy i can see a big old freaky deaky night in the distance i can see a knocked over body and be like yo i'm not going down that way that's where death's at 
or like Sick. I can see like a like a broken down cart with like a bunch of carcasses on top of it, and I can just be like, I wonder why they were collecting bodies. I wonder what's going on over there. Like, there's so much for my brain to fuck me up with that the game doesn't even need to provide it half so, the time. I mean, like, the whole, the whole like, the, like Bloodborne is sort of like a horror game. It's more like, I don't know if I'd quite call Bloodborne horror. It's really more just a suspense, I suppose. Sort of like I would a call mystery it suspense. Okay, let's, we'll say horror. Um, it's definitely horror. Just not, it's, just, it's not meant to, like, jump out and scare you like a horror movie, but it's definitely designed yeah. to be internally terrifying. Oh, yeah, it is. It's, it's definitely mm. scary on the inside. Um, like my eyes. <laughs> oh no, no, oh, no! Fuck off! I don't want that shit. God. Anyway, so 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 that game in particular, I think, is really good about just like hiding its story super good. <laughs> it's like you, you were talking about. So, so Matt, you were talking about how like the Dark Souls games are basically just berserk um, in terms of story. Bloodborne takes an entirely different tact. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is a genuinely unique story amongst the series. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little later because I'm definitely going to talk about that. But um, right. I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, it's definitely so, the most unique. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to, to get to to get to a fun memory is I I do want to go a little bit more detail of fighting that like what was his freaking name the guy with the katana? Oh, the wandering swordsman in three. Right. Yeah, wandering swordsman. So I didn't know this guy was here. I was literally about to walk in and go do the the shrine when and I think I did and then like right afterwards, uh, Ian and Adam are like, hey, 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 go check out this area. Hey, Go check it out. Go check it out. Go check it out. Go over there. Check it out. Check it out. And I was like, all right. And so I go like wandering around the side of the shrine and I see this one dude. And I'm like, all right. So I fight him and I get my ass kicked. <laughs> um, and I had nothing better to do. And they really wanted me to beat this guy. So I yeah, did, did like 10 times in a row <laughs> as I just keep losing to this man. Um, and I think I like had to draw him all the way out into like a, a ra- uh, fairly open area because I kept fighting him in this narrow corridor, and he kept ki- he kept kicking me off the edge. Yeah, that was pretty fun to watch. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, so I, I just remember I had to draw him in, and and yeah, I, I actually really like that aspect of of playing like the Dark Souls games um, with friends and with people around. Just just so that you could have this like backseat gaming moment and uh, and sort of like I... it makes it easier to commiserate every time you fucking die. Mm-hmm. Um, just to have your buddies there, sort of cheering you on, giving you advice and things like that. Yeah, actually, See? my uh, my it's... first playthrough of three, I I mm-hmm. was so because I ran into that guy right away too, and I was so like enthralled by him. The first time I fought him, I was like, "Damn, this guy's kicking my ass!" I ended up using all my Estus, and I was I got tired of fighting him normally, so I kicked him off a cliff. Like, the very first time I fought him, I didn't fight him. I'm like, screw this. So I kicked him off a cliff. And I'm like, if Ian was watching me right now, he'd be so mad. He'd be like, that was a challenging thing, and you just kicked him off a cliff. And I'm like, <laughs> gave him middle finger. But in his hey. honor, I wore his, I used his sword and his armor for, like, the rest of the game. He was like, my first playthrough was almost hey. entirely done with the katana. If if this makes you feel any better, I wasn't trying to swat him off of a, uh, off a cliff with a giant claymore. He just happened to be there at the wrong time. Yeah. I, I do have Gravity to say- is my ally. That, I do have to say, that katana is strong as fuck. It's pretty good. It's yeah. really good. Yeah, It's less like, good later, but it's pretty good in the beginning. Oh, um, yeah. No, it's it's great. Like, I'm not, like, in the Undead Settlement, and I'm just like, hey, katana, woo, everything dies in two hits, and I stagger everything. Yeah, it's pretty great. Can, can I steal a story for a second? Because I have so many stories from this game. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, so there's an area later in Dark Souls 3. Uh, it's right after, um, there's, like, a cathedral area where you fight a big, I think his name's Pontiff Sylvain, I want to say. It's been a while. Um, mm. But that area right after that, 
is freaking Invasion Central. You cannot get through that area without being invaded. It's, like, impossible. Um, and I have mixed feelings about invasions. I love and hate them because I don't, I don't think you're supposed to enjoy them. This is something else the community has clearly wrong. Is that the game is not about... Invasions are supposed to suck. They're supposed to be really bad and not fun. <laughs> uh, and it's supposed to be part of the, oppre- the oppressive atmosphere of the game. Um, and so not only I got invaded, I got double invaded. Because uh, I got invaded no. by no. by a by a red phantom and a blue phantom at the same time, uh-huh. and I have like a sociopathic mentality when it comes to invasions. Like I don't believe I believe if you invade me, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to beat you, and I don't even care if I have to like wow, sit no on a bounds. platform and do nothing for ten minutes just to piss you off. Like I'll do that. I don't care. So <laughs> I immediately see them both and I kite them both at me, and they're trying to lure me into enemies, and I'm like, no, I'm not dealing with that. So I just run away, and so eventually they're forced to approach. Um, and then I lure them towards a cliff and I roll, uh, there's like a little balcony. It's survival, but I roll off the balcony. And so they go off to come get me and they both do falling attacks at the same time and hit each other. Yeah. <laughs> so then I rush in and waste one of them. Uh, and then he dies. So there's one guy left and I, I'm not strong enough to be this guy. He's got better gear than I do. I don't build my character for PVP. I only do it for PVE. So I'm like, oh my God, I have one shot and one shot only. So he comes at me and I'm two handing my Uchi. And I parry him using the, the special ability it has and get a, um, uh, like a, whatever it is, a parry stab, a repost, yeah. Uh, and that knocks him on the ground. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm not going to be able to fight him. He's going to run away and heal. He's going to win. So I run up to his knocked over body, which is, you know, invincible. You can't hurt him. And I start charging an R2, which with a two-handed Uchi, you like put it above your head. And so he gets up and immediately <laughs> rolls. But there's enough of a delay on the R2 that as soon as he rolls, I bring that shit down on his face because it has like a long... <laughs> And he doesn't have enough time to heal, and he dies instantly from that second hit. And I popped off so hard. <laughs> and that was the so time I beat, I beat two invaders with an inferior build. Oh my god. That is amazing. Good job. Damn, that beats a lot of stories I have. Yeah. Uh, something Zach was saying about how like playing these games with your friends is a lot of fun. I, I think most of my memories are playing with other people. Like, I have... I have a lot of single-player moments, uh, not from the Souls games, but from Bloodborne, where it was just, like, just me on my own, uh, and most of them involve, like, just running around and being, like, super spooked about stuff, uh, but moments in the Souls series that stick out to me is, I had one invasion, I, I've told this story before, my first invasion in Dark Souls 1 was by xx underscore naruto fan 429 <laughs> underscore xxx oh, no. what and I, remember, I thought that was a fake name dude no what no that okay. so i was in the depths in dark souls i'm down there i'm like i'm so scared where am i going and then all of a sudden i see that you're being invaded oh no i'm like oh shit i'm getting invaded and then it shows the player's name like what the fuck is this <laughs> and I, I would like I lost that fight like I'm not cool like Matt I didn't win that one but that name just always stuck out to me because I was like sitting there staring at the bottom of the screen like who's it gonna be who is it is it an NPC is it a person no it's XX Naruto fan 429 <laughs> like all right the name that will forever uh, haunt my memory <laughs> I I have a fun invasion from from Bloodborne actually um mm-hmm. I went to the one area, oh, the one area in Bloodborne where the bell ringing woman rings her bell and, and summons invasions. And I had trouble getting to her because I'm bad at these games. Um, and so I got invaded all the time. Um, 
and every single time someone came after me i eventually came up with a strategy is i would go run to one specific corner and then use the sit emote and just sort of like hope they wouldn't find me (laughs) (laughs) that's fucking awesome (laughs) and i think it worked like once or twice but very rarely um i even actually i even had the occasion where i sat down and the guy like ran right past me he like ran past me ran around ran back and just barely found me backstabbed him um no um he turned around and he he stopped in front of me and like he eventually Mm -hmm. he eventually found me and just sort of stopped and then he bowed and then i stood up and i bowed and we had a gentlemanly duel which i lost oh so I, I love all the all the, like the the gentlemanliness that's in bloodborne like i i know it's baked into the game so that like you kind of have to play into it but i do really like that element of it listen man when <laughs> someone gives you a literal bow before you duel with them they don't have to nice. do that it is very I polite it, i, I attack people if they bow the I, that's i don't i don't believe in that i'm like no you invaded me i was having a fun time and you invaded i'm gonna kill you <laughs> But what if you're, um, like, the nightmare, uh, what is it, like, the nightmare frontier where, like, you know you're going to get invaded? Like, come on. Like, whatever. Well, no, that's That's, well, that's my attitude. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I was okay. Like, I, they, they bowed to me and I said, all right, fine. I'll take the gentlemanly duel. Um, I, and again, I lost it. It was a fairly close fight, though. I was, I was happy with that fight. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it just, I have these invasions are dumb sometimes. <laughs> they really fan strikes again. You're, I think uh, the only good invasion i have was from bloodborne and it wasn't like an honorable duel it was a fucking massacre (laughs) where i was trying to help this guy uh farm the one reborn and i i get summoned in and it's me uh it's me the 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 host guy and somebody else and i'm standing like why is everybody running around and i realize that i've been summoned into an invasion (laughs) and this guy is just running around and the the host is running at me i'm like I gotta protect him. And so I get one really good hit on him that staggers him. And I don't know what happened, but all the other cooperators like, oh, it's on now. And we just fucking mob him and just hit him with as many things as possible. <laughs> it's like, what an honorable duel. Us fucking thugs beating up this person. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, so all three of you got summoned into one so, guy's... So it was me. Uh, it was the host. Two cooperators and a, an invader. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten summoned in when this invader showed up. So we were fighting him. And I just got one good hit on him with the uh, Ludwig's Holy Blade. <laughs> and this turned the fight around because as soon as I got that hit, the host and the other cooperator turn around and we just sit there wailing on the poor invader. He's like, came in the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Old Yarnum is our turf. You get out. Oh, sorry. Yahar Ghoul is Atta. Oh, my goodness. Well done. Well done. Um, um, so, any more memories? Any more memories? Oh, I, I got a books? bunch if you guys want to hear some more. Uh, I, I, have a, I have a few more. Let's lightning round it because we're getting a little close to the two hour mark. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not, it, it, won't, it won't be long. Us. I have some fast ones. Did, did any of you guys All actually right. finish Demon Souls? Nope. I, I've seen the end of it, but yes. Okay, so there's a boss in one of the worlds who's very interesting. Um, if you try to summon your put your summon sun down to help a friend, Instead of helping that friend, you become the boss of that stage. Mm-hmm. What? what? The old monk? Yeah, the old monk. You get, like, possessed by him, and you become the boss. Um, which is a really interesting fight in Demon's Souls. Um, 
And, uh, but what happens is, is when you're playing it, uh, that happens before you actually enter the boss room. It says, like, whatever, whatever has invaded your world. And it's a little freaky. You're like, oh, God, where's the invader? And you realize they're not there. They're in the boss room. Um, so my first few times I played Demon Souls, I figured that out. And so one time I went up there, and I was playing a faith build. Um, and I saw the guy running around being a dick. Um, and he was standing, he, he was, like, standing close to the door, thinking he'd ambush me as soon as I came in. And the faith build has this thing called Wrath of God, which is an ex- <laughs> oh, no. a massive explosion that emanates from your own person. And goes through walls. And he was just standing there. Um, like waiting to come get me. So I I put down Wrath of God and blew him up through the wall and killed him before the boss fight started. You motherfucker. That's amazing. It was so good. He I think he must have been upset, because that's fucking hilarious. I love I love how wait, you so you invaded someone and you pulled this shit. Is that what you're saying? No, they I I can't remember if I was the boss and did it through the wall or or it was the other way around. It's been so long. But I just thought it was hilarious that like they're preparing for the fight and I just blew them up through the wall. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I have a I have two quick stories that that I'll quickly share. One of them is from Dark Souls 1 when I was co-oping and I I summoned some two two randos in. To help me fight the Moonlight Butterfly. Or was I helping somebody farm the Moonlight Butterfly? Either way, so we get to the, we get the boss down. And the the, bo- the boss fight works as there's this one narrow bridge. And the butterfly is sitting there shooting projectiles at you. And only rarely does it actually land that you can go in and hit it. Well, me uh, and the two other people I was playing with, whether in my game or somebody else's, were all fighting there. And all of a sudden, the Moonlight Butterfly does this new thing I've never seen. Where it like... It's fro. It it does one big flap of its wings, goes way the hell out from away from the bridge, and suddenly starts starts going towards the castle. And all three of us are watching this thing, <laughs> and all three of us watch this thing as it leaves the boss arena, <laughs> and just it, it, it's just gone. And the music's still playing, the the health bar's still there, and the three of us are just kind of I can only imagine looking at each other like, what happened? What 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 do we do? We eventually had to exit that one, but I always remember because that that boss fight never bugs out, and that was the first like major bug I've seen in like a Souls game, where it's like, "Hey, so the boss left. We were <laughs> supposed boss. to have a fight. We were supposed to have a fight here, but it's gone." Oh my god! This this boss has left this realm. Um, I must go. Last... My people need me. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we almost be... and the thing that got us is like that butterfly like punked out it was about to be dead and it just quit (laughs) that's such a dick move (laughs) um and the last memory i have is one with my good friend matt it's in dark souls 2 his favorite oh oh god here we go he was streaming the crown of the old iron king dlc and me matt and ian were all we're watching matt play matt matt streaming this and he's in the challenge zone of that one he keeps running he's like this is so hard i can't i don't even know what's down here and he eventually just says, fuck it, I'm going to run down to see what's at the bottom of this this path. And I think one of us joked, like, oh, man, it's going to be some stupid hard boss. And we're all thinking, uh, I think all the three of us are, like, thinking, what could be down here? This area is so hard. What could possibly be down here? Matt finally hits that door, and he opens the door, and the boss shows up. And all three of us lose our minds because it is the second smelter demon of the game that just shows up. <laughs> like... What the fuck? What is it doing down here? We already killed you. I think I had just been complaining about it, too. Oh, my God. No, you had. And that's the best part, because we were talking about the game, and I think you had said something like, oh, what if it's going to be some stu- something stupid like a magic old smelter demon? And 
sure enough. <laughs> Open the doors. There it is. I just remember so, that moment because we were all like, it couldn't possibly be this. They'd never reuse bosses. It has to be something new. Oh, there's a reused boss, and it's the worst one. So, and it's blue! Smelter <laughs> Demon. It's blue! Some crappy boss encounter, right? Like, Which is a good uh, segue to the I next segment, too, right? Demon. Say again? Which is a good segue to the next segment. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> he's not a great boss. Not at all. I see. Well, on that note, because apparently it's a good segue, our final mm. question is, what is your favorite entry in the series, and what is your least favorite? And maybe tell us why your favorite and why your least. Uh, for me personally, I've only beaten Bloodborne, so I can just say Bloodborne's a hell of a game, and it's probably my favorite in the series, since I haven't played a whole lot of the rest of it. So, yeah, I'm, um, I'm roughly in the same position. High five, Zach. Yeah! Cthulhu Horror Forever! Woohoo! Uh... Let's see, what would be my favorite? I, I actually, I really don't think I have a favorite or least favorite. I think my least favorite would probably be, uh, actually probably would be DS2. Just because it's kind of disjointed. There's a lot of cool things it does. Um, it, it tries to, it tries to have the, the hub world of like Demon Souls with like, a, with like the Nexus and it goes out to all the different zones. But doesn't have the good level progression or level layout like the other ones. Uh, if I had to say a favorite... I think my favorite is most likely Bloodborne. Like, I love Bloodborne. I think the story was really interesting. I think the world was interesting. Uh, I think really my only complaint with Bloodborne is that uh, I just want to know so much more about what's going on in the world. And the uh, game's pretty ambiguous about what happens. Yeah, the game the game like, doesn't want you to know what happens. <laughs> I know. And, and it's like... It, it's it's a weird complaint to have where it's like, oh, it's my favorite because I love the story. But because I love the story and I want to know more, it's like, ah, you're not telling me stuff. Why are, why are things? What happened? Yeah. But yeah. So probably Bloodborne is my favorite. And then DS2 is probably my least favorite. You know, I got to say, like, I'm really interested in trying DS2 just because I've heard so many bad things about it. Um, like, I understand it's like the black sheep of the series. And I just want to, I want to get my hands on it and it, like see what's up it's with a it. good game it's just there's things that it does that are kind of makes you scratch your head and wonder why and it again it fall it, it's kind of a victim to the this game is so difficult mentality mm, i see i guess that brings us to you mr brown well i'm gonna be a total contrary dick and say my favorite game in the series is also bloodborne that's, that's gonna be ah! <laughs> whoa <laughs> Ian and I go back and forth on this all the time because, ironically, Dark Souls as a series is my least favorite in all the Soulsborne. I don't like Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Bloodborne what? is phenomenal. It's unquestionably the best in the series. Well, no, actually, because Demon's... Like, Ian and I go back and forth on this one. They're not Demon Souls is the best because Demon Souls is, is the most elegant, I think, despite the fact that it has yes. many weak points in mm-hmm. it. It is a game with no fat. Every second of it was designed very specifically to accomplish a certain goal. And it's questionable whether it succeeds on all of it, but there's no question that no part of it was, um, like, flat or, like, here's some padding or, like, mm-hmm. every part of Everything it was, like, that... here's an idea, let's try this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them work and some of them don't. Uh, whereas Bloodborne's kind of like a big mess full of shit. Um, and it's awesome <laughs> the whole time. Uh, I do think that Bloodborne suffers from being late in the series, and so a lot of it is hard for hard's sake. But it gets mm-hmm. away with it because all of its mechanics are designed to make that feel good. <laughs> so when you're like, yeah. ah, you're like wailing on an enemy and getting your health back because you're so scared and freaked out. 
and the boss fights are really hard, and you're really scared because you're halfway through a boss fight, and it's already really hard, and you know it's going to get even harder in, like, 30 seconds, and you're scared of what's going to come next because it's going to wipe you out. I still remember fighting, like, Shadows of Yarnum, and when the final phase three comes and there's snakes everywhere, I'm like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) Matt, I had the same reaction. Because, like, that fight up until then is just, like, I'm fighting the, the ring wraiths from Lord of the Rings. This is spooky. And then, like... Oh, I guess hell just cracked open. Yeah. It's like, don't they actually oh, like, right. summon? Yeah. Like, yeah, so, so the, yeah. Phase two is snakeheads, and you're already like, wow, this is hard. And then you kill two of them, and you're like, bam, bitch, there's only one of you left. Like, you're fucked. I'm going to ruin you. And then he's like, I don't think so. And a whole bunch of snakes come out. <laughs> I'm going to tangent real quick, Matt. The very first time I got to that phase, uh, there's the summoning circle. I'm like, whoa, what's this? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was standing on it, like, what is this doing? Yeah, like, um, it's not doing anything. Like, oh. To, to, to not bandy about too long about this, uh, what's great about Bloodborne, and this is true of all the games in the series, is it's the one that, I mean, the, the Lovecraft theme, I think, just works better than Dark Fantasy. And I think the game, mm-hmm. actually, to your credit, Adam, makes more sense the more you read of Lovecraft, because I, I felt the same way, too. I'm like, damn, I wish there was more, and then you read more. It's kind of like reading mm-hmm. Berserk and then going back and uh, playing Dark Souls. You, you read... I, I guess my, my complaint was was more like, there's just these little things in Bloodborne that I want to know. Like, I understand, like, the whole overarching stuff and all, like, basically what's going on. But it's like, what did these people, like, what did these people do from day to day that this was, that, like, injecting blood was fine? Like, that's <laughs> a, like don't get me wrong. I understand, like, I mean, air quotes, I understand what's all what's happening, all things. But it's like, now I'm at a point of, like, but what do you guys do for fun and for casual things? Y'all just, like, drinking blood around here? I do think there's some of an explanation, but yeah, I know what you mean. But um, but like reading Berserk, I think that if you read more Lovecraft, a lot of it is, even though it, even though it's still completely unexplained, you start to understand mm-hmm. that that's kind of the point. That no, part yeah. of the theme is that. like, ah, what's going on? Like, <laughs> in that like you're you know you're like an ant on a freeway. You don't quite understand. It's impossible for you to understand what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Um, no. So the, all cool. those are good, and then in, I would say in order it goes: Bloodborne, Demon Souls, Dark Souls One. Dark Souls 3, Dark Souls 2. Dark Souls 2 is my least favorite. I think every game in the series is great. I think Dark Souls 2 is great. I think that the, the reason it's not very good is because unlike the rest of the games, it's not cohesive. One second, mm-hmm. I'm in a I'm in a, a poison-filled windmill, and I go up an elevator, and I'm in Super Mario Lava World. Oh, God, that's right. Um, one Wait, second, so, you're, you're fighting so things. So, Matt, we, you know. let, let's explain this real quick. Zach, there is a por- portion of this game where you're at the top of a mountain, right? Okay. And you're on this windmill, and I All think right. this is what you were going to ask. You go into this windmill, you go up to the top, you... I think you eventually go down into the bottom of the windmill, don't you, Matt? Well, you go to the top of the windmill, and you get an elevator after you beat the boss. The elevator okay, so goes up top. about ten floors. Um, and you can so wait, see the windmill from the it... bottom, like it's a windmill. It's tall, but right. it's just mm-hmm. a tower. And you get off, and you're on the top of a mountain sunken in lava with a big castle in it. And you're like, where the... F- where did this come from? <laughs> wait, wait. Rewind that a moment. You took the elevator up or down? Up. Not up. up. What? And you can clearly, you can clearly see that there's nothing there. You're at the top of the mountain. Now, to its credit, there is a giant mountain off in the distance, but the elevator doesn't, like, go up at an angle. It goes straight up. Or, like, uh, maybe go up at a bit of an angle, but there's no way no, that it went it far enough to an connect angle. the two things. And it's less about the fact that it doesn't make sense and more about the fact that the reason it is that way is because when they were making Dark Souls 2, it wasn't really thought out. They're like, you know what would be cool? Castle and Lava. That's a freaking cool stage. Which, they're not wrong about that. That is an interesting stage. And I like both, other than Smelter Demon, I like that stage a lot. 
But, like, it's clear that they didn't think of a reason why that would be there. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, in Dark Souls, you go down into the demon ruins. And, of course, the demon ruins are down here. It's in fucking hell at the bottom of the world. You've climbed your way all the way down there. And who do you meet there? You meet a dead old demon named the Ceaseless Discharge. Who just, like, is the reason there's lava everywhere down there. And the demon ruins are, like, where the demons live. All the demons you fought across the whole game are now normal enemies who live there. Mm-hmm. And then you make, you know, like, there's so many things, like, all those things were thematically put together so that when they designed those levels, even if some of the level design is weak, it was designed with that thought in mind. Whereas in Dark Souls 2, it's like, here we go, we got a castle with lava in it. Uh, where are we going to put it? Oh, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it's just a castle with lava in it. Well, it doesn't, it has no relevance to the rest of the game. It's just a thing that's Dark in Souls, it. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls 2 kind of kicks you in the ass even more with that whole, oh, this game's difficult bit where, do you remember when you're talking to the old ladies and, like, and you'll die. You'll lose your souls over and over. <laughs> yeah. it's like, they, it, there's so many things about it that, that are, was, yeah. Ugh, yeah. But to its credit, it is still a fun game. There are things it does well in it. Like I think I've mentioned it has a really interesting variable difficulty system, but like, fuck really? Yeah. I had to kill the four strongest at, like beings in the entire world to get over a uh, pile of rubble. <laughs> See, someone that's, else has read the Mavitosis a... review. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, my gracious. Well, you folks have given us a whole lot to think about. Now, mm-hmm. um, I think it's time to go to our final thing of the day. It is design club time, y'all. Oh, Where I've got are... it already. Oh, oh. do you? Do mm-hmm. you? Well, is oh, it... sorry, Wait. I cut you off. What Wait. Is it? Yes, yeah. I was going to say, this week's design club is Create a Souls Boss. Think of lore, challenge, and how you would present it to a player. Go crazy. And, and as an extra bonus, awesome. I'll tell you whether it already exists in this game or in Kingsfield. Because they repeat <laughs> themselves. They've done like every idea. <laughs> okay, so oh let me let me just... I have Guys, 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 uh, get uh, this. Get this. Best idea. I have the best idea. What best if... Idea. What if... Smelter Demon, but green. Damn. You shut your four mouth. <laughs> Well, but no. It has an acid AO. Oh, that would actually make it the worst. It breaks all your gear. <laughs> like, think about so uh, in Dark Souls. In Dark Souls Two, there's the Red Smelter Demon who has who is like you need to get up close to hit it, but it has a giant fire AOE. So it's like there's really no way to fight this thing. And then the second one is I'm magic, and that for some reason also burns you and makes it resistant to magic. Whereas the original Smelter Demon was weak to magic. Yeah, see, it's shit like that. But then green would be like, oh, hey, uh, what if all of your gear was melting and you had to spend souls to fight this thing again? I don't think I'd fight that thing. I think I'd leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's not optional, though, you're going to have to go for it. No, I don't want to, though. That game sucks. Dark Souls 2 Zack Edition is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Special Zack DLC. Um, <laughs> but did you have an idea, Adam? I did, from, and I'm going to reiterate this from the beginning of the podcast. My Dark Souls boss is Zachary, Overwatcher of the League. Oh, god damn it! <laughs> what? Way back at the beginning. That's right. Uh, okay, so, so Zachary, Overwatcher of the League. Yeah, alright, um, so... Obviously, Zach talking about Overwatch, but how does that... <laughs> how do I... Well, no, hold on. He is a Bloodborne one. Zachary keeps watch over the league. Over the league, remember there was the guys that are right, co-oping all the time. Oh, that's true. That's and true. He has become corrupted because as he's crushed and killed so many vermin, he wondered if maybe if he became a beast, 
couldn't he kill more vermin faster? So he imbibed in blood, putting it into himself, thinking, I will not be overtaken by this blood. I am... I am the overwatcher of the league. Nobody can defeat me. That thirst caused him to imbibe so much he became a mindless fiend that seeks out other league members. If you are summoned, if you summon people from the league, there is a chance you will also summon Zack, overwatcher of the league, <laughs> as an optional boss fight in some area okay, so just, the league. Yeah, so just you know what random boss that? fight out of nowhere. I actually <laughs> like the idea of like, hey, I wanted co-op and you were invaded. Here's also this additional boss that just happens to be here. Uh, I like how that uh, kind of lines up with the vile bloods, where they're just kind of like their own weird beastly creature. That's cool. Uh, I don't know what his. I don't know how his <laughs> fight would go. He would use guns because Overwatch is about a shooter. Oh boy! So I guess he like a, shotgun and shotgun, uh, flame bottles. I mean, if you really, gun. if you really want to do the character gun. that I play, then probably gun. the rifle or, spear. Or those cannon guys. Mm-hmm. He would be. He would be. He would be heavily decked out with weapons. Oh, wait a second. No, you you have like a big beastie looking dude. Um but he has with a gun on its arm? Yeah. Good no. Who who has the cannon strapped on his arm and like some like other really really big beast weapon that's normally like a two-hander weapon he's using with one hand instead. It'd be kind of cool if you get if it would get like more aggressive the more blood vials you use. Like you keep getting hit and you keep healing. I'm going to be more aggressive now. Oh. Matt, does it already exist? Uh, I kind of lost track of you halfway through that. There were so many moving parts. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no. My goodness. Uh, All right. I, I was thinking of this. I was thinking of this. And I, I don't know if this is explained in, if this is explained in Bloodborne or not. But you guys know the bagmen? Like the ones that oh. walk around. Oh, God, yeah. Something, yes. And mm-hmm. they, they pick you up and throw you Did in I, a sack. Can I tell you something about the bagmen? And I think I've shared this nope. story before. My first playthrough... I was never actually beaten by a bagman. What? I, <laughs> so I, I never scared the shit out of me. I never, I never got st- like, I almost got beaten by a bagman on multiple occasions, but I never actually lost to one. So, oh, dude, like, oh. so like, I never went through that section. So my first playthrough, I never ran into Adela because she was dead. Well, aren't you lucky? Because she was kind of creepy. Yeah, she's super creepy. Anyways, I that's, was gonna say, that's my little story was, about it. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. I was going to say, like... It's a hard area, I would too. like to continue, like, like the bagmen, have them, like, not have... Because, like, they're they're covered in dark robes or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to see, like, that, but, like, maybe, like, a boss version of that. Like, because everything else kind of has, like, a boss man? version of itself. Like, like, a, uh, like the big bad boss bagman, I suppose. Like, because, you know, like, you've kind of got, like, the witches. Like, there's, like, the, the creepy one that has, like, the illusions um mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. the, there's a bunches of giant wolves everywhere there's a bunch of like you fight demigods and all this i don't really know what the bagmen are about and i would i think if you could have an area in an actual fight where you like fight like some kind of commander of them it would be at least interesting to find some lore implications of like what their deal is other than well, just like creepy i dude. think they're i think the lore implication for them is is that they are thumerians yeah they are the thumerians that have wandered out of the the chalice dungeon i i I believe yeah oh i did not i never picked up on that well it's one of those things you'd only get in the chalice dungeon yeah i avoided the chalice dungeons i just they weren't that fun for me which is a shame because people keep finding cool shit in them but i'm trying to think what a cool like bag boss would kind of be and all i can think of is a giant like 
almost like an oogie boogie kind of thing where it's this giant burlap sack kind of guy that has just like the more you cut it like all these like bugs and shit keep crawling out yo that that would actually be a really good bloodborne boss like the more you beat it up the more like weird like creepy crawlies start coming out of it and fighting at you so it makes the boss fight harder the more you actually hurt it Mm -hmm. that would actually work out pretty nicely like in the end uh, end, you just gotta like get rid of all the tiny bug guys that come out of it that's kind of like rom though kind of a little it is similar to rom if Maybe if the boss annoying Rom, it, no, but I actually, I don't like Rom. If like, the I don't boss like fighting Rom, he's tough. If the boss itself wasn't a mage caster, it was instead like a melee guy, and so yeah, I had to deal with the melee guy and all his ads. Mm. Although that would be a super fucking hard fight. Matt, <laughs> because... you got anything? Um, I would do. Uh, uh, I think that one of the most disappointing things about Demon Souls is that it's got this big dragon on the cover of it. But that's the weakest fight in the game. Yeah. Um, I know what you're going to say. So I would redo that fight so that's an actual fight. Although obviously Mm -hmm. he's impossibly large, so you couldn't defeat him. So what I would do instead is have it be a boss fight where, like, for most of of the mine level, you're, like, unlocking, um, like, troves of, like, creatures and people who, like, will be your ally in that fight. And so Mm -hmm. rather than, like, just fighting him and, like, pressing buttons and stuff, essentially a bunch of people tackle him together all at once... And, like, you oh, either like get AI intro. allies or, like, other players come with you, and they just get wrecked. Like, <laughs> and your goal is not to defeat him by yourself, because that's impossible, but literally just to sacrifice, like, scores of people to slowly weaken his win- his limbs one at a time until he can't fight anymore. And kind of like how at the end he just puts his head down, and literally just mm-hmm. him breathing can kill you, because that's how strong he is. <laughs> Same ending, but only after... You just like completely decimate him by wasting way too many people. Because it kind of drives home the theme of the game of like, you know, like, was it even worth it to win because everybody's dead? It, it kind of sounds like you would turn him into like a raid boss almost from like an MMO, but like. But everybody actually dies instead of just yeah. being. Um, mm. And then I would add a, a fight to Bloodborne because I think that Mikalash is one of the interesting fights in that game because mm-hmm. uh, he runs away from you. But one of the things the game is really missing um, is like a hunt fight where. Not where the oh, enemy yeah. runs away from you, but where he doesn't present himself to you. And, like, you have to go find will come him. out and try to kill you, but then if he doesn't succeed, he'll run away. And so you have to find oh. him and ambush him repeatedly. Mm. Right. That that concept that... kind of exists in the DLC uh, with the horned hunter guy, whose name escapes me, where... He's more just an annoying asshole who shows well, up sometimes. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is... It's kind of like that because once you trigger him, he'll invade you in all these different spots. Right. Um, the and thing he's is, kind of hunting you, but you're not really hunting him. Uh, and I'm not saying it's exact. I'm just saying that it's kind of a similar concept of this thing jumping yeah. out at you all the time. Yeah, that is there's true. Also, there's also the... Well, who, I forget his name, but there's the... I guess he's almost like a mini boss, but he's like another hunter who has like a Gatling gun in old Yarnum. Oh, Jira? He's trying to keep... Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, Jira. Because you, you gotta find him. Like, that guy actually pissed me off a couple times. Because it's just like, where, where the fuck are you? What are you doing? Wait, you didn't like, know he was... Well, I knew where he was, but he was shooting at me. And, like, getting to him is, like, a whole ordeal. Because you gotta, gotta, like, go down ladders and, like, dodge past explosive barrels. And then there's all this other weird beasts and everything. Dude's annoying. Dude's I'm trying to think, annoying. I'm trying to think of, like, an actual Dark Souls or Demon Souls boss that... Because all of the bosses are just so, like, super iconic and really well done. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any... Because I feel like if I were going to try to improve a boss fight, it would be one from two. Okay, wait. two has some hey. neat bosses, but not the best. Yes. Okay. 
So I haven't done a design club yet because... Oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. Green, green Smelter Demon is not my actual... Oh, okay. <laughs> well, fair enough. It's... <laughs> Uh, Sorry, Zach. It was such a, an idea I, I would have expected from Dark Souls 2. I thought you were one of the designers. Shade, <laughs> bro, and shade. Zach, what's your idea? Oh, my God. So, is there, and I'm going to ask this question first. Um, is there a Dark Souls boss that literally just fights with their fists? Um, I want to say I can... yes, but I can't recall who. Okay. Well, if you if you count claws and stuff... Than most of the beasts. Uh, no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking like D and D monk. Uh, well, there's the old monk, but that's any build goes. <laughs> well, I think the, the old monk does punch you, and it has like a magic ray thing that can it can use. Uh, so yeah, if you can't get an online connection in Demon Souls, the old monk mm-hmm. um, is by default uh, a character who uses claws. But there is no like D and D style crouching tiger, hidden dragon, monk kind of fight. Okay. I think that would make for an interesting fight, if only because that that is a boss that has to get very, very close to you, but you'd give them enough mobility options that they just, like, roll up and start punching you really fast. Hmm. Um, almost like how certain enemies in the game, how, like, it would be an enemy that looks really small. It'd probably be, like, the smallest boss fight in the entire game. Um, and, but they just, like, get up to you and they just pound you with lots of little hits. That'd be interesting, yeah. So, like, Something that moves small and attacks quickly, rather than all the rest of the enemies tend to be big, heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. And like, cause like, there's small enemies. There, there, there are like weak enemies that'll do that in in the games. Like I've seen it happen in Bloodborne. There are enemies that just sort of like wind up and then pop, 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 pop and knock off a huge section of your health. Um, mm-hmm. I'd imagine it'd be a little bit. It would be a little bit like the first stage Maria in the the Bloodborne DLC. Yeah, I could I could oh. see that. Because so, she she will jump in your face and just start slapping you around. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that would be an interesting sort of uh, sort of like boss encounter. Just an enemy that has to get extremely close to you, but the moment they get extremely close to you, you're kind of done. <laughs> I think that would mm-hmm. work really well in Bloodborne because that's a game where like the combat is very aggressive, and if you had that like someone gets right up in your face, like I can see that being very intense. I can see that being I, I can see that being something interesting in Dark Souls as well, because then you have to like time your swings so that you hit them before they get into range with you. Like that would be a game about keeping them at arm's length at all times. Whereas in Bloodborne you have way more options in terms of like how you can react to this asshole who's shown up in your face. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Fair enough. that's that's my idea. Is there any boss in any of the games where you're like climbing on them or kind of thing? You mean like Shadow of the Colossus? No, not even like that. Well, kind of like that, I guess. Like so Dragon's when Matt Dogma. brought up, <laughs> yeah, when Matt <laughs> brought up the, the the Dragon God from Demon Souls, what kind of got me thinking is it it'd been really neat if you could like if like the boss fight was basically you kind of climbing up him and he's like trying to swat you off and stuff and you have to like kind of get at him because the fight's interesting but it like i i feel like the three like button presses you have to do to beat him is kind of underwhelming for sure uh, i'm trying to think all oh, right guys i've got it i've what got, do you it. got what do you got what if in on the gargoyle fight in demon souls you added a third gargoyle oh <laughs> that's money right there <laughs> I just beat two gargoyles, and they sucked. Oh, get ready for two, where there are six. Uh, uh, what? Yeah, in Dark That's Souls right. 2, there's an optional boss fight where you fight three gargoyles at once, but there are six of them total. 
That's oh. garbage. Yeah. That's garbage, because having two was annoying because they would crossfire now, me. And I'd be like, I, I'm going to actually correct Matt on something. Uh, it's not exactly what he was saying with the dragon going, but Dark Souls 2 does have a similar boss fight. In Crown of the Ivory King, in Dark Souls 2, the gimmick of the area is that you are actually able to go to the boss of that area immediately. And you are able, and the way you get there is you literally jump into hell. You jump down there and you're in this fiery inferno and there's this giant pillar of light. And all of these pillars are ceaselessly spawning these dudes. Uh, there's actually four doors and there's one giant pillar. Each of the four doors are bringing in these guys and you can't beat them in time before the boss shows up. So what you have to do in the gimmick of the zone is you walk around the zone and you free these ivory knights that'll come and help you. And when you're ready to do the boss fight, you go up to the pit to hell and all four of these knights are just sitting there waiting for you. When you jump down, they all jump with you and one by one, they'll go and seal the doors for you. So for the first part of that fight, you actually do have a little small like squad of people. That sounds yeah, really That's cool. actually my favorite DLC boss that they've ever done. That's probably Dark Souls 2's best boss fight. I agree. I'm I think that the DLC that that DLC in particular later on is much weaker. The optional boss of that one is dumb. Um, oh, but there were a the lot fucking... of good ideas in that DLC, and that was one of my favorites. That you like brought a squad of knights with you to fight another a bunch of other knights, and the better you did against those knights, the more help they were because then they could help you with the boss, who was really hard on his own too. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Not perfectly executed, but a very good idea. No, especially not when the fucking AI for the knights could w- uh, wig out and they just stand there going, whoa, that's scary. Let's stand back here and look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just reminds me of the uh, every, like in Dark Souls 3, I've noticed a lot of enemies will chase me and then they'll get caught on scenery and walk away for a bit. I'm like, uh, you gonna... Yeah, series as a whole, not yeah. known for its strong AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so guys... Any more boss ideas, or is it safe to head into some pour-outs drinky time? I would make a guy who is a black swordsman who has a giant sword and a cannon for an arm, and he would fight you. Ooh, dang. <laughs> let me, let me write that down. No one's ever thought of that before. <laughs> That's the build I'm going for in DS3. It's working great. <laughs> Are you actually referencing right, I- something? I have no idea what you're talking about there. Oh. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, read Berserk. Uh, okay. It's I'll, read Berserk. I'll read Berserk eventually, but before we do that, let's have some toast and pour outs, gentlemen. What do you What do you say? All right. Um, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a toast. Oh, man, we had some good laughs tonight, didn't we? I'm very tired. Someone else do a toast. <laughs> I want to give a toast to uh, what is his name? The the to Miyazaki. <laughs> ah, yeah. right. A toast to Miyazaki for, for taking an old dead series, King's Field, and completely reinventing it into something amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. I will toast, toast to that. That's a good toast. Yeah. I'm going to do a pour out to B-Team. Like, y'all didn't deserve this. Like, <laughs> people were just being mean. <laughs> they, did, they tried their best. They didn't, you know, they just didn't succeed. Yeah. Hmm. Aw. Yeah. I'm going to... Uh... Zach, you I'm just do... tired. <laughs> I am very tired. Uh, I'm going to do a pour out for Bree. I like you, but not, the not that much. I told I, you, like, just, I just, just like FedEx it to me. I'll eat the brie. <laughs> I'll eat it. Jesus. Brie, chi of the lords. Boss fight starts. <laughs> oh, no. Brie's so easy, it, it melts at room temperature. I mean, come on. What more from a cheese? You ain't even got to melt that shit. 
I'm I'm gonna pour some out for all of the giant death toll of all the Dark Souls series. How uh-huh. about that? Like all uh, all the souls yeah. that done died. Here's a little pour out. To you, you know what? I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna pour one out for the Chalice Dungeons. Mm. So many cool things in such a repetitive and kind of boring package. Mm-hmm. And how? <laughs> the farming sucked, but I did like the idea of the Chalice Dungeons because they're freaking scary. They are spooky. Especially, uh, which, there's an optional one you don't have to go through that's really spooky. I'm trying to remember what it's called. Is it, what, is it the sand one or something? I don't know. No, the sand one's cool. There's one that's just like Death and Decay Chalice. I forget what it's called, though. Oh, the, the last one? Is... It's the second or the third one. I don't remember which one. Oh, okay. It's utterly optional because yeah. it has no materials in it that you need to get to Lady Yarnum, but, um, or Queen Yarnum. Uh, that's interesting. Okay. Who knows? And the chalice is like gross. It's like a, it's like a weird gross chalice. Yeah. Oh, it's the great is chalice because it's probably the skull on its side. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah, is just, it's just fucking creepy. Ew, mm. gross. I'm gonna pour one out for all of the Souls, Souls games. Why gotta be so nasty? Yeah. How many bosses are there that are just amalgamated corpses, bro? Ew, gross. Get Moonborn oh, away it. from me. Pouring some out for the corpses. <laughs> Pouring it out for the corpses. <laughs> Zach, oh, hold on! I've got one more. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna pour. I'm gonna raise a toast to undead flail attack. It's in every game, and it kills you more than you'd think. Well, like what the draglings do, like, <laughs> and they just like hit you back and forth over and over again with their yeah, yeah. swords. They're literally spinning their arms, and that'll kill you more often than you think. Dude, I'm, I'm gonna pour one out to the skeletons and the skeleton babies because they're in like every game, and they're always a fun enemy. All right, now I think we're done. All right, <laughs> I think it's time. Zach, send us off. Hey there, everybody. It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson, when things are getting really... Wait, wait I've done this lesson before. Let me rewind and do this again. <laughs> I was literally going to do... Remix! <laughs> Our teacher is out of wisdom, bro. <laughs> yeah, give me a second. Hey there, everybody. It's like, hey there, everybody. It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson, when you need to go driving... 30 minutes north, then an hour and a half south. Be sure that your car chair is very comfortable. And that's the lesson of the day. Thanks, everybody. Speaking from experience, Zach. Speaking from experience. I, I think what Sometimes Zach is trying wonder... to say is, is get good. Get good. <laughs> hey, man, get comfortable. So your, your chair is not the problem. You need to get good. Yeah, I'm not. So the original lesson I was going to do is uh, if things are getting hard, call on a friend. But I literally did that one. I remember that i did that as one previously i mean you guys got almost 50 episodes now so that makes sense yeah, yeah right. we're getting up to 50 we're getting hey up guys 50. we're close uh just a self shill 2000 downloads Woo! Woo! yay we are doing things all right listeners thank you for being a part of this thank you for listening to us talk a whole lot about the soul series oh, if yeah. you liked hearing what you heard or just want to send us some feedback or anything fun you can always reach us on twitter on facebook or at team nitwick at gmail.com that's team n-i-t-w-i-c at gmail.com uh this week's guest was mr matt brown good to have him um this week's music was by pro leader always fun always groovy uh stick around for next week when we cap off our month of adventure with kingdom hearts a stark contrast to the dark soul series in almost every way possible <laughs> i just remembered i wrote a joke down that i was gonna tell in this episode my s- oh man i really want to hear it oh, well, my sister told me this one time and it has stuck with me forever this is a good send-off and it went something like this Interacting with Dark Souls fans is the Dark Souls of human interaction. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
<laughs> and on that awesome note, we will see you next week. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.